You're listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara. And this is uh, episode number 27. And uh, this week, uh, my friend uh, Brandon Legion of the Brandon uh, of the Horror Wolf 666, as well as his new po- uh, project called Abraxas Horn, is joining me. Uh, Join me, and we uh, had a pretty just kind of open-ended conversation. We started off by talking about Abraxas Horn, and um, shifted off into other territories, like talking about uh, David Lynch and uh, a number of other other things and closing out with um kind of talking about some of the albums and movies and stuff we liked from last year so yeah it was a pretty uh pretty great conversation uh looking forward to it. i'm sure people enjoy it you know um and uh yeah it's, an, it's always great to have the uh the horseman um coming on the on the podcast and and um you know and, and kind of having these crossovers um i love talking to to everybody you know that's in the kind of horseman of the podcast apocalypse you know and uh it's great to talk to them Uh, i love talking to brandon it's a lot of fun definitely looking forward to um having conversations again in the future either be it for horror wolf or just having him back on here in the future either you know another open-ended conversation or maybe talking about something more particular we'll uh, see you when that comes you know i'm gonna try to probably try to have brandon come on again you know next couple months or so be nice to have him uh come on you know fairly regularly you know kind of like how i have mike he'll come on um and yeah and uh, i think uh mike and i have a pretty cool idea for a podcast that um may either be on Solnox or might actually come on Everything with Black. We'll see. But, um, yeah, that's going to be in the future. Um, yeah, right now, uh, as far as future podcasts, I don't have a, a whole lot uh, planned ahead. Um, as of this moment, I have to do some scheduling. I have a few people I'm going to try to get on. Uh, some new some new people as well, and um, so yeah, we'll see see what I can get get scheduled in the future, and um, we'll figure it out. Uh, one thing that uh I talk about in the episode, which I'll get to, you know, when, in the episode because I was just talking to Brandon, like I literally got done doing that, and I'm doing this intro, now I'll post it, but uh, is this uh. Um, book that I started doing the audiobook of, which I was recommended by uh, Nas Alchemist of Alclis. He told me about this uh, book called Empire of the Vampire. And I talk about it in the episode, but uh, I just wanted to say again in this one at the beginning definitely check it out. Very, very good. Yeah, so I've been checking that out. Um, I just got done reading or listening to the audiobook of the Icewind Dale trilogy. So I'm kind of going back and revisiting some of those old uh, D&D uh, things, you know, like uh, Forgotten Realms stuff that I grew up with. Um, been a re- on a real fantasy kick. I got to really get into reading the Elric novel as well. So, um, I, you know, listening to something while I work and then, you know, reading a book at night when I'm home. So been reading Elric 
So yeah, this has been on a hardcore kind of like a fantasy sword and sorcery type of type of vibe for the past few weeks. Listening to like Conan stuff and Robert E. Howard and uh, and moving from that to Icewind Dale and <clears throat> gonna check out the R. Scott Baker stuff that uh, Nas has also recommended to me. So I'm gonna be uh, definitely uh, yeah I'm gonna keep on that. Maybe I'll talk about. At some point, and some I want to kind of do uh, some stuff about some of the fantasy stuff. I know Mike and I are planning on talking about Elric, so that'll be one thing. But yeah, so that might be one of the potential things coming up as well. Some other subjects. Um, but yeah, before I get into the episode of Brandon, I want to uh, shout out the hor- the the horseman of the podcast apocalypse. So yeah, Mondays we got the aforementioned Brandon Legion. Horror Wolf 666, a great interview uh, horror podcast. Um, he posts every two weeks. Uh, always great episodes. And um, his last one was of Michael Scandato of, of Necromaniacs. So that was a great episode. Tuesdays, we got Into the Necrosphere of Jackie Smith. And uh, Jackie should be on in the next few weeks. He's one of the few things I got scheduled right now. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. I think uh, it'll be cool and it'll be good. I'm sure Jackie's going to enjoy it because he'll be talking about something a little bit different than his usual. Um, then uh, Wednesdays, we got Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. And on Thursdays, we have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Michael Scandato, and Jeff Kashid, which is one of the best horror podcasts out there as well. And then, uh, yep, I'm trying to think... Um, and then at uh, intermediate times, you got uh, Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne from Trivax. So those are kind of the uh, the, gu- the guys, the bros, you know. So go uh, follow everybody on, you know, your preferred uh, podcast platform, be it, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Um, follow everybody on uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. You know, give some five-star reviews all that you can follow me on uh on the socials uh either at denver underground radio or um on instagram you can find me at carl k-a-r-l hikara h-a-i-k-a-r-a so you type that in you find me and if you're not uh too fucking weird uh, i might approve you you know or you know or if you're not weird enough well <laughs> you gotta be in that that middle ground you know what i mean like uh um, one thing that really gets my nerves is, is all the fucking bots, bot, like, porn accounts that try to follow you. It's, like, fucking very obnoxious. One time I started to, like, had a bunch of approval requests, and I started approving some of the ones that looked like real people. And, um, next thing I know, even though every person I had approved was very obviously a real person, I ended up getting, like, spammed with fucking fake, you know, bot porn bot requests it's like god damn i guess you got to be careful how many uh how many requests you approve at one time right but uh yeah so uh, yeah hate that shit i always just report them and block them and eventually it stops you know that's what we create the internet for bullshit like that uh yeah so yeah so like I said, uh, Brandon has his new project, Abraxas Horn, which is a electronic project. He released kind of a, a EP uh, this year, 
uh, or not not this year. <laughs> Keep thinking we're still in 2022. Uh, in 2022, uh, uh, it's uh, Shadow Mountain um, is his name. And uh, the uh, it's a great uh, electronic uh, music that kind of has this, uh, you know, David Lynch 80s horror movie type of mixture. And uh, I'm going to start off the episode before we get into Brandon's, uh, to the conversation with Brandon, uh, with the song uh, Foreboding Entity from Shadow Mountains. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, hail Satan.
It's uh, good to have you back on the podcast, Brandon. It's, uh, thanks for having me back on. It's always cool. To talk. I'm talking with you. So, yeah, was, uh, oh, yeah, definitely wanted to have you come back on. I mean, this time we're just gonna talk about whatever, you know, really. But uh, you know, I'm sure in the future we'll have to find like a more of a theme again and stuff. But I thought it'd be cool to just have you come on and and uh, just chat, talk, and as actually. Um, you're talking about that uh, your your music project, so I, I was thinking maybe we can start off with that. You know, with Abraxas Horn, because that came out since the last time that we talked. You know, yeah, I'm I'm down to talk about that. That's that's cool. I'm uh, I'm proud of it because you know my background is like a doom sludge metal. I was in a the band Trip in the Mechanism for like shit almost eighteen years, and um, once that kind of dissolved and stuff, I needed another outlet for music and stuff, and I've always loved like dark synth soundtrack type stuff. So that's how a Braxis horn came about. Right. I, I remember you're, I mean, I mean, as it, I've been, this, you've been working on this for a while. Cause I think even though it was like last year or, or, and no, I don't remember when it was like early 20, early last year or whatever. I remember you telling me that you're uh, working on that. So yeah um early last year maybe a little bit the year before that so what, yeah i think 2021. it was 21 yeah i think it was 2021 when you told me you, you were starting work on that so and a few things like factored in for me like to really get motivated with that besides like this whole album is like a tribute to the movie mandy which is my favorite film um, mandy's just fucking amazing and this one really i mean that movie really inspired abraxas horn you know the name and everything as well just like the imagery i wanted to create with it but um also, another weird thing that kind of triggered me to move forward with this was uh, Twin Peaks. Like, uh, yeah, this the, the soundtrack in Twin Peaks is goddamn so good. And it just motivated me like, hey, I want to fucking try some keyboard stuff. I want to do some synth stuff. You know, I've always played guitar. I've never really fucked around with synths and stuff. And I love that kind of stuff. So that was another big motivator for me. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely uh, hear uh, like a Twin Peaks uh, feeling to a lot of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think the the ultimate outcome of what you got um, was also pretty unique. I mean, um, because you have every song is a little bit different, and like there were certain, you know, um, there's one song that kind of like reminded me a little bit of uh, Tropic of Cancer a little bit, and uh, I remember sending you the one band uh, Telephone Tel Aviv. Like some of the stuff you did kind of reminded me of some of their stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and. But uh, but the overall effect was like is more like uh, that kind of thing where it's like very unique and it, there's little bits that kind of like make you feel like certain things you heard before. But overall, like the the sound, you know, the what 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 you made is like pretty stands on its own. You know, I appreciate that, and yeah, I wanted to make something different, as different as I can make it. You know, and um, really wanted to put that like uh, you know, that horror factor in it too. You know, I wanted it to be scary. I wanted something like I want to make you like, uh, you know, get, maybe get chills or something, or you know, listen to it in the dark and and take you somewhere. You know. Yeah, I think I think it's cool because it feels like, uh, um, like some of the songs are more dark and more like kind of sinister feeling, and then other ones have a bit more like this kind of beautiful dreamy quality. So you kind of like go back and forth which is kind of the same thing with like twin peaks or something you know like it's like like the music in twin peaks for example can be like beautiful and sinister at the same time you know what i mean (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, totally. And I mean, that's how each episode kind of starts off, too, you know, with the theme song, which is kind of like gets kind of bright and sunny. Then it kind of just gradually gets darker, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the theme song alone or Laura Palmer's theme, like you it's like really um, got that quality of being both like kind of dreamy, but and sinister, you know, it's like <laughs> Like I think Angelo uh, Badamonte did a really good job of of kind of doing that throughout all the stuff he did with 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 David Lynch, you know. Yeah, it's so otherworldly, you know. The combination between his score and then you know David Lynch's filmmaking abilities and writing and all that stuff, and just his creative process, like together, is this. There's nothing else like Twin Peaks, and there never will be anything else like Twin Peaks, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of all of all of his scores for for Lynch. I mean, um, like uh, I you know like the Lost Highway soundtrack. I mean, with between An- Angela's work and then like having like all the great music that Trent Reznor picked for it. You know, like mm-hmm. David Bowie and Rammstein and all this stuff. Like it's so cool. Oh, that's a great soundtrack, and that's actually my favorite uh, Lynch movie. And they're all good, you know. I love everything he's done, but man, there's something about Lost Highway, dude. Like, so good. Yeah, that's my favorite too. Like, um, there's something about Lost Highway that uh, feels very, um, I don't know. It's, it has that dark noir type of feeling. It's very L.A. It's very like sinister. The whole movie is sinister, you know. Like, the first half of his where you have like the floating like thing, you know, like, <laughs> like the video cassette where it's like watching them, like hovering over them and all that stuff. Like it just gives you this real sinister feeling and the whole idea of like the plot and everything in it, I think is really, really um, interesting. And, and like the whole thing has that kind of CD feeling as well, you know, like mm-hmm. particularly the second half of it, if, but the whole thing has that kind of CD feeling like where it's like this kind of like, uh underworld you know like the whole thing is like this kind of like moving through like some kind of hell you know right it has that 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 dreamlike quality you know it's like it's like he went inside one of my nightmares and kind of put it on film yeah that's how i always feel about david lynch is that um his movies he's probably one of the few directors out there that i think really um captures the feeling of being of your dreams you know like of the because it's like in dreams like you know how like i can lost highway or like in maholland drive where like the main character shifts all of a sudden you know mm-hmm. i mean that's how it is in dreams i mean that kind of stuff happens all the time in dreams where like identity is fluid or whatever you know what i mean yeah no totally and yeah he's like uh i don't know anybody else that really nails that feeling like david lynch does you know and uh he I don't know. It's just like watching a nightmare, you know. And it, and things do change so often in dreams and nightmares. Like one thing can be this, and then like a second later, it turns into something totally opposite. But it's still the same, you know, in a weird way. Just like his films, you know. Exactly, and and like you can be. I mean, I have dreams sometimes where I'm like, uh, like you know, like. I'm myself, but I'm like in a different body or something, you know, that'll happen. Oh, I hate those kind, but yeah. <laughs> or or you feel like um a lot of times where you feel like you're floating kind of behind your body in a way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like watching yourself from outside or 
Yeah, that's or, always know, weird. <laughs> people people will change like, but you'll be like you'll you'll feel like it's the same person that you know like on some level, but the outside part of their body changes or something, you know, all that kind of stuff happens, yeah. Yeah, one of the weirder things that happens in some of my dreams is the uh you go look in a mirror and stuff and it's not you, but you know, like how did I even dream this up? Like the person I'm looking at is nobody I've ever seen in a film before or nothing. I've never met this person. It's just like so dreams are bizarre, man. You know, what, what if, what if what was actually going on was that <laughs> that person's like <laughs> looking in the mirror and going, why am I not myself or something like that? You know, like you're actually oh. inside somebody else's head. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a theory I've had for a very long time, uh, you know, about dreams. Like, um, what if dreams are just a, another a way of, uh, and just, they're like a pathway to a different universe. You know, it's kind of you, but it's not you. It's on a whole different wavelength, whole different earth, whole different dimension, you know? And you're like, that's your, when you dream, you're kind of participating in that other dimension for just a little bit of time and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, um, a Native American said that in a lot of ways. They they saw that when you're dreaming, you're awake, and when you're awake, you're dreaming. You know, like the um, and I think there probably is something to that. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, ideas about that. Like, and I sometimes feel like in dreams, like um, I kind of like the idea of like there's some dreams that are just like um, kind of nonsense dreams that are just like the. Like, you know, you'll have those dreams where you dream like you're at work or something, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. like there, it's very obviously like your brain mulling over something. Like sometimes in my dreams, I'll like whatever, if I was like reading a book or listening to a podcast all day of a certain thing or, you know, like it'll like feed over into your dreams, you know? Right. But then there's other times where you, I feel like you really go into something else, something exterior to yourself in your dreams, like this kind of true dreaming in a way. I definitely have had that feeling like... And there's some of these things where the places that sometimes I dream about, and I and this will be over a course of years, even there's certain places in the dreams that that are kind of like the same, and they seem like they exist outside of myself. Like I seem like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. no, I like totally I'll go get back to that. certain places multiple times. Like and there's certain certain types of places like that. I feel like I've gone back to over my whole life. Like even since I was a kid, you know, and. uh and it seems to be like outside of yourself. Like it, yeah, it's weird. I got a, uh, there's a house we used to live in when I was a kid. Um, this was many years. Actually, I was probably like uh, 10 years old or something like that. But um, it was one of the houses we lived in. We went to, we were in multiple houses growing up and stuff. So anyways, this is one of my uh, grandparents used to own and they let us live in it and stuff and kind of rent it out and everything. But um, supposedly uh, I think, my uncle's uh, girlfriend hung herself in this house and um the room that they stayed in was a converted um um garage into like you know they converted into like an apartment and stuff and that's pretty much where i stayed and i hung out down there play video games all that shit but anyways that room down there it's always in my dreams <laughs> ever since we moved in there all the way till now i still have dreams about that room down there that things are coming out of that room it, it's it's bizarre and I, the detail and stuff is like spot on too you know, from what I remember, it's like, this is what it is there. And it's always shit coming out of that fucking room. I don't know what that's about, but it's very odd. Like a portal or something? Like some type of, like, 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 uh, like entities coming out of it or something? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I guess you would say maybe like some kind of demons or whatever. There, always, there was a door that connected that 
that room down there to the upstairs and it didn't have a door handle on it or anything like that. So you could just like pop it open with your finger, you know? Uh-huh. So that, that door pops open in my dreams all the time. And there's shit in that other room downstairs trying to come up, you know, like oh, wow. calling my name and shit. I've had this reoccurring dream since I was at least 10 years old. Whenever we moved there till now, it still happens. And it's so weird. And I've faced that dream before I went down in that room thinking that, oh, you know, this might stop the dream from happening again and stuff, but it did not. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps happening. Did when yeah. you went when you had that and you went down in the room in a dream to, was there something in there or um there's usually the feeling of something's in there, you know, it doesn't really show itself. I can hear it and stuff like um uh, but it's never like right there in my face, you know what I mean? But I know it's there. So usually I turn around and run. But you right. know, when I confronted it and stuff, there was still nothing really there. But I but know something's feel, there. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. Is that kind of feeling that, that uh yeah, I think that um that Lynch captures a lot in a lot of his movies. You know what I mean? It's like that feeling of like something that gives gives you dread and it's like should almost seems like mundane, but it but it you know, still fills you with that dread, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the only one that that can like I don't know, he just he knows that feeling, you know. I'm sure he suffers from nightmares and everything himself, so he, he he knows it from experience and he does it so well, you know, uh, making that happen, like giving you that feeling of, you know, dread and fucking the dreamlike qualities and stuff. So it's crazy because, you know, he uses that transcendental meditation stuff, right? And oh, yeah. These meditative states. And a lot of the stories and plots of his stuff comes from dreams. Like, <laughs> and he, he, like, there'll be some of the movies, like, I think with Lost Highway, Holland Drive and stuff, like, they don't really have a true like script sometimes like he's like writing the script like every day <laughs> as they go forward like from based on his dreams or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah that, that totally makes sense too just how fucking crazy they are and it you know totally came out of one of his dreams he's writing then and there yeah i've heard that that's that's how you know maybe they don't have like a basic script of the plot but a lot of times yeah he's like kind of developing it as they as they progress through them creation of the movie so sometimes he doesn't even quite know where it's going but you know it somehow seems like tie itself together and he'll like find the find the solutions to things like in his dreams or in his like meditations and stuff i looked into um his meditation stuff uh, that he uses or whatever but uh that's you got to pay money for that to get your mantra (laughs) because that's what you're really paying for to get your mantra that really? you can that you can meditate on yeah it's not free i don't know how this works and it's really hard to find any information about what goes on with uh his type of meditation that he does there you know it's there's like a, it's almost almost kind of like uh cult like maybe you know in a weird way right but yeah i was all into trying to do all the meditation stuff years ago and i've i've meditated before it don't really do too much for me but i was looking at this because oh this must be some super shit you know you gotta pay money this is all secretive and stuff (laughs) find your mantra and then you know use that to meditate on but it's interesting stuff yeah i mean meditation i mean it's funny that it's funny how they like try to charge meditation stuff when it, i mean reality is that it's no matter what system or what thing it is meditations always breaks down to the same thing you know it's like being quiet and quieting your mind and doing like breathing med- breathing exercises stuff to d- drop your consciousness down into the uh whatever the lower um, brain waves are i think it's like delta brain waves or something 
Mm-hmm. So that's the whole purpose of like the meditation really is to drop yourself down into that that level of consciousness that's like almost like like when you're about to fall asleep, but then you keep yourself there, you know? And that that's where I think you can really come in contact with these kinds of parts of the unconscious and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's it you can definitely really fo- like uh, develop your focus and your concentration and all these types of things using meditation, you know? Yeah, it's, it's totally, uh, it's useful. Like, yeah. you know, if you can get it to work for you, it's just, it's hard to close everything out, and, you know, think of nothing because when you're not thinking of nothing, you're still thinking, you know, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. One of the, one of the best ways uh, I found for meditation is to, you know, quiet your mind stuff and then do a process of watching th- thoughts and then letting them go. Mm-hmm. That that I think works better than trying to uh, silence the mind. Like, oh, we got to be quiet, I, you know. Because a lot of times, what happens is people will get like uh, try to quiet their mind, and then they then they're thinking that they need to quiet their mind, and then you know, next thing you know, they're like, oh, I'm thinking, you know what I mean, and then get upset and you know get frustrated or that kind of stuff. The way the best thing work with the brain is to uh, to um, to like the first thing the best thing is not to be like uh harsh on the brain and be like mad because a lot of times it'll like kind of react in a negative way the best thing to do is to like get in that that kind of state like you know deep breathing for a little bit you know relax and um and then get to a point where maybe you're relaxed enough and then uh if you have a thought just like you know just like be like watch it make okay and then just let it go you know, and just keep doing that. And eventually the brain kind of quiets down on its own. If you're not, you just have to like not hold on to any thought, like not keep following it. So you'll have a thought like, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe a mundane thing, like, Oh, I should have for dinner instead of following that along and actually thinking about that. Just let it go, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's like the best way I find to actually getting the brain to kind of quiet down, you know, because then you're not really fighting with it. You're not struggling with it. You're just letting it be. And then it'll kind of quiet down on its own, you know? Yeah. I need to get back in that practice again because, uh, you know, I think whenever it did kind of work, it worked, you know what I mean? Like when I was able to get in, at, in that state of mind, you know, you do feel a lot more relaxed after you're done with it. Yeah, it helps helps a lot of things you know i'm i used to be uh do a lot of meditation uh over the years i've done a lot of meditation even like when i was a teenager and a kid i um i was like familiar my dad was like um into like zen buddhism and stuff like that and uh Mm -hmm. sufism and these types of things and so i had a lot of books on like zen buddhas and buddhism and these types of things and even from there, like, like really like pra- trying to practice like meditation, even as a kid. And then, um, uh, then I practiced Aikido, like the martial art for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, that kind of increased that interest in like, in like Zen and, and, uh, and Bushido and all those kinds of stuff and, and, uh, doing, yeah. So meditation was something that I practiced a lot as, as a teenager and even into my early twenties and got into like doing like magic and stuff like that. But um, it can be hard to like maintain like, like a strict like schedule with that, like meditating every day, even though that's when you get the best results is to set aside even 10, 20 minutes every day. 
meditate. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like the best thing. Uh, but uh, uh, you definitely see results when you do that. You know, like when you actually set aside the time to do it. But uh, definitely, I have a hard time sometimes with that. And the other thing, though, I I find like the idea of like in Zen Buddhism, there's the idea of like walking meditation, where you kind of meditate while you're doing something. Hmm. I, I kind of get that feeling from working out. I think maybe that's a co- um, you know those two go together, like working out and the meditation. It seems like I get my best ideas, and I, I feel more you know calm for the most part. You know. Yeah, and that's that's very true. I mean. Uh, I definitely see that. I think working out, like lifting weights and stuff is a type of meditation. You can get in that kind of no mind, you know, mm-hmm. you're just focusing on what you're doing. Uh, it's the same type of no mind uh, that you get into, like when you practice martial arts, you know, like, and I think that's all a form of meditation, you know, it's like, um, and definitely like, I know a lot of people who say that when they lift weights, like the best results they have is when they kind of get in that state of mind while they're lifting, you know? Mm-hmm. just in that pure state of 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 doing and being and lifting and you know like uh you'll get even better results from from your workout you know oh yeah totally i i, I get lost in those sometimes and that's usually the time i have like my best ideas or whatever i feel motivated like hey i'm gonna do this you know besides working out i have other ideas for different things so definitely think that's my form of meditation as of right now since i don't really practice meditation anymore Right. I mean, and yeah, it's good. I, I think any type of thing like that is, is really useful. And I, I, I think there's, that's part of the reason why people who like work out and they're like physical and stuff, like usually tend to be more productive in everything in their life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I try to be, but I do procrastinate on things or I have a bit of like ADD or whatever. So I'm like, I can't concentrate on one, one fucking thing. I'm doing like, three other things or i just won't do nothing at all you know what i mean like i hate those days but when i'm productive (laughs) i'm very productive when i'm not i'm just like ah you know i I definitely have that problem i have a lot of nights where i get home and i'm like uh there's things i I could be doing that could be more productive like working on music or something or doing some painting or whatever and uh but then you just end up sitting and watching like ghost videos all night or something you know (laughs) Yeah, my uh, my bane is coming home and watching Seinfeld. I've seen Seinfeld so many fucking times and know every goddamn line, but it relaxes me. You know, it's something I can just throw on there and like after work, and it, it just totally relaxes me. Right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, you'll find those things and that just like relax you. Like and uh, yeah, sometimes they keep you from you know even like it's funny how that works because it'd be like uh. It's like there's like movies I want to watch and stuff, but sometimes you just get watch something else that you've seen a million times just to relax, you know? Yeah, it's like the comfort zone thing. And like when I get home, I work out, you know, make dinner for us and stuff. And then uh, I'm like, I don't have like the brain power to watch a whole movie and appreciate it on a work on a work day, you know? I'm like, I want to watch something. All right, no, I know how, what's going to happen with this. It's, you know, it comforts me. <laughs> right, yeah. I do think that's a nice thing about about um, shows, though, is that, like, let's say a show you haven't watched, we were trying to work your way through, is that if it's a little bit shorter, it's kind of nice, because you can just watch, like, one or two episodes and then go to bed or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I did that with The uh, Sopranos for the first time uh, last year, is when I started Sopranos and finished it last year, but I've never watched The Sopranos before, Now I started doing, like, episode a night after work. God damn, that's a good show. was a good show. Yeah, I've actually. That's, I've never actually watched *The Sopranos*, so 
Oh, dude, highly recommended. It's fucking is it so well written. Um, it's got a little bit of everything. You know, it's dark. It's got a lot of fucked up violence. Uh, good drama. Like it's is everything. This you gotta get roll past like the first couple episodes. Once you get like rolling and stuff with it, like really watching it, you're gonna get hooked. Cool. Yeah, this one that I I know a lot of people who are like really big fans of it. Like I think um Mike's a big fan and Jackie and stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those ones that I never got around to watching, and part partly because you know I, when it was on, I didn't have Showtime or nothing. I didn't even have a TV, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, uh, or I had a TV, but I only had a VHS player or whatever, you know, and right. uh, a DVD. I had like one of those VHS and DVD players together. Oh yeah, you know? I remember those. I still got one of those. <laughs> nice, yeah. Hey, yeah. uh, um, the uh. Yeah, so I, I just I didn't watch it back then, and I just never have have yet to kind of swing back and uh, watch it. Well, what be, maybe that'd be something for uh, this year you can check out because uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, like there's a lot of seasons for it, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I think there's like uh, five or six, maybe more. I'm not sure, but I know there's yeah. a lot. It took me almost a whole year to get through them all. Right. Yeah. So. One show that I've been wanting, I, I started watching. Um, rewatching the X Files a few years ago, and I got like through the first like three seasons or something. I want to oh, get back yeah. to that and finish it. I would say that's probably my all-time favorite like uh, sci-fi horror TV show of all time. X Files by far. Me too. Yeah, I love the X Files. I mean, I watched my dad and I started watching X Files when the pilot first aired. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it with my dad and uh, my mom back in when I was you know when I was a kid when they came on live on Fox. Yeah. Know, something to watch and stuff i would stay up a little extra late because i think it used to come on around like nine or ten and i used to go to bed around 10 when i was a kid and stuff and um yeah i remember those uh some of those episodes traumatizing me <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i it's funny because yeah I, I distinctly remember watching some of those episodes as a kid uh, like when they first aired like the and i think it was on like friday nights wasn't it back then i believe so yeah so, yeah so Maybe, it was like it, yeah it was like a weekend night. I I think that they got they got it got changed to Sunday later on towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh if I remember correctly. But yeah, I think it was like Friday nights when it first went on. So yeah, it was like a weekend night, so their parents weren't weren't that upset by like watching, you know what I mean? <laughs> like staying up. But yeah, the uh the one one of the ones that really got me is um the one with the the thing that's like under the skin. It's like an insect or something. Uh, was it like the the cockroach type things, like the smart cockroaches? Um, no, it was like the uh the uh the bug that like, gets in people's skin, and I think uh, I'm trying to remember if it was the episode where the um it might have been the one. Well, they had the one that was in like the frozen. Yeah, I think it was like in Alaska or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're all in that like uh Alaskan like uh research place, all trapped in there and all going crazy because of the bug that got into them. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's yeah, a part cool. where where you see it like crawling like right under the skin. Yeah, that fucking I remember that scene like to this day, and I've seen the episode many times since then. But I definitely remember being like really horrified by that one as a kid. I think one of my favorite X Files episodes. Well, there's a few of them with this certain character, uh, Tombs. I don't know uh-huh. if you know, he's he's the one that can like squeeze inside like all, like any kind of like little tiny area like to kill you and stuff, and he eats your liver. Then he yeah. hibernates for like twenty years or some shit. Yeah, I remember that guy. I think that was the first season as well. 
Yeah, it's so creepy. And yeah, I think he had two or three episodes, which is cool, you know, because he's one of my favorites from the X-Files. Like, just knowing that you could be sitting, thinking you're safe in your house, all locked up and stuff, and he comes to a fucking air vent to kill you. That's pretty creepy, man. Yeah, it was really creepy. That one's really creepy. Yeah, the, um, I think it was, yeah, it was a double episode, I think. The, uh, because, yeah, I mean, I watched those, like, not that long ago. But, yeah, that one's a great episode. The, I always feel like the one is I mentioned like the in the Alaska was felt like a tribute to the thing, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I definitely had that feeling, yeah. Um the uh I love the um the episode that's like got like the uh it's like set down in Florida and the place where the freaks go to like go to live, you know? Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's got that like uh it's the what do you, what do you call it? It's his conjoined twin that comes yeah. off of his body. Yeah, that one's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, and he like he like eats his way through people and stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh so man, brutal. That, yeah, that's a good one too. That 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 whole season was really really like peak X Files. Even though all the seasons are really awesome, I think, but there's a few that are kind of peak, and I think that was one of them. Yeah, I think the first like three four seasons are are, are like the best. You know. Particularly yeah, so, like, particularly one and two, I think those are like unparalleled. You know, I was more of a fan of their like uh, creature episodes more than I was like a fan of like the main storyline that involves like you know, much uh, of um, Fox Mulder's uh, sister going missing and stuff, and the whole alien backdrop and everything, and like that stuff was cool. But I like the the creature stuff, you know, better like the creature of the month episodes or whatever. Yeah, me too. I've always liked those better. It's funny with with the the alien conspiracy part, is that even watching the show like religiously like every week, that for almost this entire run, I think the only, I think when I stopped watching it every single week was probably when when Mulder like left the show. Then then I kind of switched to watching it here and there. But you know, like he was my favorite. He was like my favorite character. So um, yeah. when when he left, I. I it was a little hard for me to to stay involved, but then, um, but then I what's his name? A T one thousand guy, Patrick. Um, he, oh shit! Uh, yeah, I can't remember his last name right now, but I know him up. Yeah, he he kind of won me over after a little bit, and so then I got back involved with the show, you know. But uh, but I'll say that even after watching the show religiously every week when I was a kid growing up, and uh, and everything, and rewatching a bunch of it. I had to actually go and read the, read the, read about the show like on like Wikipedia and stuff to try to like figure out what was actually going on with the alien plotline because <laughs> I could never really quite tell what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, it's super confusing. I mean, as much as I've watched it, it's still like confusing as hell. Like I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, I think that the thing that they kind of figure out was that. There's different aliens. The uh, the black, or uh, like the ones that look like oil. That's like real creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the whole plot line of like, why did they sell? You know, they basically, they basically like gave the daughter to them and all this stuff. Like it was very complicated. And complicated. It was. Yeah, totally. Part of the problem was, from what I understood, from what I was reading, is that that they. They didn't really know. They themselves didn't really know what the what the plot was supposed to be. So they're kind of making it up as they went, you know. <laughs> so it's a little inconsistent sense. and stuff. So, but yeah, there's some of that. Some of that conspiracy stuff is cool, but 
overall, I definitely always really loved the all the uh, creature of the week episodes. Like those are sick. Like you know, like just some of the best TV ever. Um, do you know about the band episode that uh, X Files had from season four, episode two, called Home? Do you know about that? Which one is that? Oh man, this is the to me. This is the most fucked up x files episode ever it's one of the most fucked up things i've ever seen on tv because i've seen it before it was banned i think they aired it once you know and then it, it went into reruns like after x files was kind of over i saw it one more time on like some other channel you know with reruns but anyways it's called home it's from season four episode two and it's about uh this family of like inbreds <laughs> like some really oh. fucked up backwoods like uh actually it took place in pennsylvania t- pennsylvania but they're like a wrong turn type you know inbred yeah. people and they're they're breeding with their mom who was underneath the bed in the house she had no arms or legs they only used her for breeding to yeah. make more of them you remember that one <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah. one now. i remember seeing it like when it aired <laughs> yeah holy so shit disturbed. Yeah, when they were like, uh, when they had to like, I think they were driving around in a Cadillac and just going to random people's houses at night and just fucking fucking them all up and killing them and stuff like, uh, terrifying. And they look terrifying too. They're kind of like uh, almost superhuman because they had like crazy ass strength and stuff. And I don't think they felt pain. <laughs> I remember a dude hitting them like a baseball bat. It just like grabbed a baseball bat and fucking killed them with the baseball bat. I'm like, uh, yeah. This, I think that that whole episode was fucked. I think the whole thing with like the the mom like with no arms and legs just being like under the bed and they're just like basically like using her to breed. I thought that was so fucking disturbing. Oh yeah, and they just pull her out whenever they need her. She's just uh, so fucked up. I'm like, I understand why this was banned, but you know, I'm glad I got to see it because you know, yeah. I think it's on uh, like the blu the DVD probably. I'd imagine. You know what? I don't know because I got the DVDs, but I don't remember if it's on there. It's been a while since I watched the DVDs. Um, I doubt if it's on. Uh, where's it streaming at? Hulu now? It's streaming think, on one of these services. It I think Hulu? it's on Hulu, yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see if it's on there because I haven't made it back up that far in my rewatches. I've seen it so many. I've seen, you know, the X-Files so many times, but I still go back and watch certain episodes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, I love the first, like, three, like, four seasons, three or four seasons. So, yeah, it's like, uh, last time I rewatched it, I think I only finished the first two or three, so I hadn't gotten to that one myself. So, the uh, I kind of got annoyed because, um, when they took it off of Netflix, because watching it on Hulu is not as good as watching it on Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to pay for the uh, extra premium on Hulu that way I don't get the fucking commercials. That was one thing I like about Netflix, you don't have commercials, and then Hulu has commercials. I can't deal with that shit, so I'll pay the extra two dollars not to have fucking commercials. <laughs> I don't enjoy my shit. I hate yeah. commercials so much. So do I. I, I pay for YouTube so I don't have so I don't have like uh, commercials for it. <laughs> uh that's the only thing I don't do. I don't do the YouTube free even though they try to get me all the time. I you know I use YouTube free. I don't do like the ad free version of YouTube so Everything yeah. else, I'm pretty much, I don't fuck with ads, but I have so many subscriptions right now. I have to do something to justify these subscriptions I have. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the YouTube, YouTube one because I, I, it's like a lot more, it's nice to not have ads when I'm watching YouTube, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, um, yeah, I need to, I, I, I kind of dropped off X Files when they moved, when it was only on Hulu. Uh-huh. because it kept having problems with like 
it not saving where I was, and then I'd have to try to uh, remember what episode I'm on, and you know, like yeah, it was a pain in the ass. But yeah, and and some and I don't know, like Hulu wasn't really working on the on my computer very good. But uh, yeah, I need to go back and uh, and give a get back into X Files at some point. But I, one thing in that I got um, not last year, but the year before, as kind of a Christmas present for myself was. Um, I got all three seasons of Millennium. You remember that one? Oh, oh, fuck yeah. I love Millennium. I wish they would put that somewhere I could fucking stream it. But, you know, there's a bunch of shit going on where they can't do that. But, yes, Millennium was awesome. Yeah, I, I, they really need to do it, put that on streaming somehow. But, yeah, I, I was able to find um, all three seasons at the used store by my house for like 10 bucks each. So, Oh, man, that's a sweet deal. Um, I, I, I was renting those from the library, like, 15 years ago <laughs> just to catch up on them because i would watch them when they came online but i didn't i never watched every one of them you know i just i lost track with them so it was cool when i was renting them from the library and stuff like damn that was a good show there's a uh, one in particular i think it might be the first episode but um it has that uh really awesome nine inch nails song uh march of the pigs i think that's I think the that's first the episode yeah oh that was so cool when you got to do with like the night vision glasses the main uh bad guy out of that episode and they all have a demonic twist, like, you know, are they demons or are they humans or maybe a little bit of both, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's always a kind of element in, in Millennium. And, like, that first episode is, the I think, like, the pilot one, like, is really, really good. I mean, it's like a movie, you know, and mm-hmm. they, uh, I guess they're really inspired by Seven for the show as a whole, and particularly that first episode. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, it definitely has that feeling, and it's like pretty grim. It's like really a grim, like, uh, episode, and kind of doing of like sex workers and all this kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? That that in a way that you wouldn't expect for primetime TV in 1996 or whatever. You know? <laughs> you know, it was extremely dark. I think that's probably why it didn't last that long because the subject matter was dark. It was just. It was really, really dark, you know, even darker than a lot of the X-Files stuff, I think. Yeah, Millennium was definitely darker than X-Files. Like, X-Files usually had this little bit of, like, a sense of humor here and there. Yeah. You know, even when it was real brutal. But not not Millennium. There's, like, no sense of humor in Millennium. <laughs> it's, like, just, like, real grim, which I like. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a big fan of uh, Lance Henriksen, too, so having him in there was cool as so. hell. Yeah, me too. If you got Lance Henriksen in a movie, uh, you know, he's even if the movie is shit, he's going to bring something good to it. You know, he's like one of those actors. So it's like when you give him something good to do, like in Millennium, I mean, he really, he really uh, like nailed it, you know? Yeah. And um, thing about Lance Hendrickson, he's always looked the same since the 80s all the way till now. He's got that same damn face, man. He's always kind of like an old dude with a, you know, with a uh, in-shape body. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he still looks the same. Like Lance Hendrickson has a very distinct look about him. And I think that, I don't know. So he has got a lot of character and stuff, and I think it helps out with his roles he gets. Yeah, I mean, Lance Henriksen literally hasn't. I mean, he looks the same now they did when he did Millennium, like you know, and when he when he was in the eighties, like he looks the same as he was when he was like Aliens and stuff, you know. Yeah, if you go back and uh, watch Pumpkinhead, like uh, he looks in the faces, you know, he doesn't age. Then he just stayed at that same age he was in Pumpkinhead, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, there was another actor. I think. Oh, um. Fuck, uh, Christopher Walken's like that too, you know. Yeah, he barely yes. looks any older now than he did like in the, in the eighties, you know. 
Yeah, you're right about that. And he's getting up there in age. I think he's uh in his 80s now, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. I think so. But the last time I saw him, like, I think the only difference between him now and, you know, back in the 80s or something is that his hair is, like, more gray, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And speaking... Like... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and speaking of uh, Christopher Walken, um, I'm not sure if you watched the Apple show called Severance. He's in the show. Have you seen Severance? I haven't seen Severance yet, though. No. Oh, man. I don't know if you have Apple or whatever when it comes to, like, um, subscription stuff. I think it's like five, $5 a month, but it's worth it just to watch Severance, man. It was, a uh, it's one of my favorite TV shows. It's only got one season so far. The second season, I believe is coming out this year, but it deals with some weird shit, man. Um, like it's somewhat in the future a little bit. And, um, they, they've come up with a way to separate your work self from your home self, from your home self there. Like, uh, that's why they call it Severance. That's the name of the process they use. Where like it like cuts your it's, it severs like the some part of your brain there that you know doesn't recognize when you're home or doesn't recognize when you're at work. You're almost like two separate people, so you don't remember shit that happened when you're at work that day. You only remember being home, and then the work version you doesn't remember anything about being home, only being at work. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird concept. Like, oh, yeah, it makes my uh, brain hurt thinking about it. Yeah, <sighs> and I'm. When I know, like, uh, Mike was telling me about it too, and it's he was saying it's kind of like got this Thomas Agati feel a little bit. So, mm-hmm. there's some cult shit going on too. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on in this like facility that they all work at collecting data with quota- quotation marks there. They're all collecting data for something, but they don't know what they're collecting data for. And it's all these like weird paintings and stuff, like these fucking like old timey, like, uh, almost medieval looking, like paintings and stuff like war and fucking people tearing people apart there's like paintings of like demons and stuff like something weird's going on behind the scenes and you know i think they're working for something bigger than what they know you know what i mean right like corporate evil or something <laughs> yeah like literal literal evil like, like, like maybe they work for the devil or something possibly they um there was a scene in there towards the end of the season where there was like this room with this guy with these animals just randomly in one of these rooms in the office and he's like, you know, they called him in there with like, can't remember what he's doing with the animals, but it was like maybe some kind of like sacrificial thing was about to take place. It's I was a, like, oh, this is getting really interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, what if, what if, yeah, what if there were actually like the whole, the twist of the show is that they're like literally like in an office in hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely could be that. And um, they also released a book on for free on, um, on Apple, like where you can download the books and stuff, they've released a, a work manual for severance. Like it's the same manual they get. Like if say if you work for their, their office and all this stuff, you get like a certain manual to do and what not to do type stuff. And your job description, it's pretty crazy to read that. Cause you know, it goes with the TV show. I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Yeah. It's cool. They're doing like, like a kind of tie in that way. Yeah. Where you can kind of, yeah. Dig a little deeper into the show if you want to. And this is all created by Ben Stiller. He did the show, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. I, mean, I listened to the episode with him on Postmortem, too. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. I mean, he, his taste in movies and stuff didn't sound like too far off from, like, uh, you know, like from, like, Mike Hill and Mike Scandato of all the, like, 70s, 70s movies and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely had a very similar taste. 
And it's cool seeing him do like other things besides comedy. And I, I'm a fan of his anyways. I like some of his comedies. I'm just not a big comedy guy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not comedy is not really my thing. <laughs> I like Dumb and Dumber. That's the kind of comedies I like. And I don't really make those type of comedies anymore. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, uh, I liked um, the one one of his movies that I that I liked. I didn't think I would like it, but I ended up liking was Zoolander. Yeah, see, I never liked Zoolander, but I have not revisited Zoolander in like twenty years. So you know, maybe it's something to revisit. But I know when it first came out, I fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I thought I was gonna hate it like when I watched it back then, and then uh, I don't know, it kind of like won me over in some weird way, like. I think part of it was the whole part where they're doing like the uh, gasoline like like uh, fight like they're <laughs> like these stupid oh, yeah. models like splashing gasoline on each other. <laughs> yeah, like, this I, is so stupid. I love this. <laughs> I do enjoy like uh, revisiting like weird '90s comedies and uh, thrillers and stuff. So maybe that'd be something I could revisit. That was the '90s, right, or early 2000s? I can't remember now. I think it was '90s. Uh, I yeah, I don't really remember. I never watched the sequel or nothing because I just thought that sounded kind of dumb to go back to that, you know? Yeah. The 90s had a lot of cool, like, dark comedies. Even, like, uh, if you look at it, like, Ace Ventura and stuff was kind of dark when it comes <laughs> to comedy stuff. There was a lot of fucked up shit in those movies. Like, Dude, yeah, I don't, I don't think that you could get away with Ace Ventura to stay, you know, with, like, the whole, how the whole secret is it's, like, a transvestite and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think you probably could do it, but it, it still wouldn't be the same just because it's already done. And it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's, it probably wouldn't be Jim Carrey playing that part. And I can't have somebody else playing Ace Ventura or anything Jim Carrey did because, you know, I think Jim Carrey's a, was awesome. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, I, I haven't, dude, I, like, Ace Ventura, of course, like when we grew up, like that was like the fucking shit, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like watching that all the time. And then, I already haven't really watched it since I was a kid. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think they're actually streaming on uh, Hulu right now or Netflix. One of the two. I know they got Ace Ventura up there, like uh, both movies, and they're both fucking great. My, so I really liked, um, like, Wayne's World was one of my favorite movies growing up. And, um, and also when Austin Powers came out, I was like, I watched, I remember there's one summer break where I watched that almost every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to love Austin Powers and stuff. That was a good time for comedy in those type of movies, you know? Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really watch comedies too much, but but sometimes it's nice to watch and, uh, you know, like if they're good, you know, like, uh, or funny, you know, like, definitely like their original Awesome Powers was good. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the other two as much, but uh, the first one was I really liked. Um. Well, I really yeah, like dark yeah. comedies. Like, did you ever see the movie Gross Point Blank that came out in the nineties? Uh, don't I don't I, I can't recall. Maybe I did back in the nineties, but I'm not. I I don't remember if I did see it. It has a John Cusack and um, Dan Aykroyd, and um, what's her name? Um, forgetting the actress's name who's in it, but basically John Cusack plays this. Uh, this guy who becomes a professional hitman mm -hmm. and uh and he gets a contract that's like uh basically um in the same town like at the same time as, as his uh ten year you know ten year high school reunion mm -hmm. so he ends up going 
and he's going to like a shrink like he's starting to have some maybe some issues with his his, his work or whatever but um he basically goes goes to his 10-year reunion high school reunion and and uh whatnot and um there's like there's also like another hitman who's trying to who's out to, trying to kill him so it's like uh it it gets pretty it's really it's a very dark comedy you know mm-hmm. um but i i recommend it like it's really good it's one of my favorite it's like one of my favorite comedies okay i need to add it to my list i've thought i've seen every 90s movie there is but obviously there's more out there <laughs> yeah gross point blank came out in i think like, it would have been like 97 or, or so Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, particularly if you like real dark, like kind of fucked up comedies. You know, obviously it's a it's a comedy that's starring a, a professional hitman. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have a little bit of a dark humor to it. Yeah, that's definitely my uh my go to. That was like uh another Jim Carrey movie. I know this wasn't Jim Carrey movie, but we're talking about Jim Carrey before. But um, Cable Guy, that's an extremely dark comedy. Yeah, that's a very dark one. That's one I need to go back to. That was one of those hold, comedies holds that up. when it came out, I probably didn't get it as much as I would now, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, I think you definitely get it more now as an adult than you would back then because I didn't really like it as a kid. I'm like, oh, this is kind of dumb, you know, but revisiting that one when I'm older, it's way better. Yeah, because he was kind of a creepy character in it, wasn't he? Yeah, really creepy. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, was was he like fucking like spying on women and stuff like that? I forget. <laughs> um, he was. I think he did some of that, but he was mostly after uh, what's his name? Like, who was the fucking main character in that? Um, was it Matthew Broderick? I'm trying to think of the guy that I think it might have been Matthew Broderick. I'm not 100 percent sure, but anyways, he was like stalking that dude. He just wanted to be friends. He was super lonely dude, but um, he took it to the extremes. You know what I mean? Like he was stalking that guy and like just being super fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like trying to be friends with somebody. He's like, doesn't know how to do it, so he's just like being like creepy. Yeah, and he's almost like a almost serial killer ish. You know, he had that same kind of feel to him. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I kind of remember that. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch that one. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I think that was on HBO last time I checked, but. They change it out, so it might right. be able, it's on it's somewhere streaming. It all, it's always somewhere between the networks. So another one of the kind of nineties comedies that I've always loved is um like all of uh, Kevin Smith stuff, like Quirks and Dogma and Mallrats and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, I never got into him really. I like I like Kevin Smith as a person. Um I don't really care for like the clerks movies or anything like that. Uh I still watch them if they come on. I thought Dogma was pretty cool just because it was a bit darker, you know, and um, dealt with some pretty cool subject matter. But um, I like him more as a horror director or thriller director, like, uh, you know, when he did, like, Red State and stuff, and um, even, like, the fucking, whatever that Walrus movie is, Walrus movie that he did. Yeah, Tusk. I thought that was pretty cool. I haven't seen Red State or Tusk yet, so. I definitely recommend uh, Red State. Really good. Um, got some fucked up shit in there. Uh, Tusk is good too, but I, overall, I think Red State's better. Tusk is more like, uh, kind of like, man, what the fuck am I watching type thing? You know, it's more <laughs> like a, a gross out factor almost, you know? Yeah, because it's like this guy gets turned into a a walrus basically by some other guy. He's like all crazy. Yep, literally gets turned into a walrus. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> disturbing. I'm like, man, that's pretty dark and uh, kind of out there. You know, I didn't see that coming. Right. 
I've also read um some of the comic books he's written. Like I read uh his Batman comics and stuff that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, and they're pretty good ones. Yeah, he's a talented dude. I I got a lot of respect for him. I think he, you know, he's got a lot of good things going. You know, and he's still doing stuff now. I think he's working on another horror movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what I heard too. His last yeah. interview I heard with him was uh, after Quirks Three came out, and uh, I think yeah, I think he was saying that he was going to work, be working on a new horror movie. So it's yeah, cool. that'd be good. Yeah, so that might come out this year. Knowing uh, Kevin Smith or whatever, being that was so long ago, he's talking about that. So if we get something new from him this year, yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, this year, I mean. I'm trying to think of uh, movies. There's some good ones that are okay. I mean, I'm looking. I'm kind of looking forward to that new Evil Dead. Yeah, same here. Um, I like the last one they did, the remake. Um, that was cool. I went to the theaters to see that one. It was cool watching people scream and squirm whenever the uh, uh, the the arm cutting scene came out. You know, it started happening when she was cutting her arm off with the. Uh, it was like a, a turkey carving knife or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are screaming in the movie theater. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, get a reaction. Huh? <laughs> the movies, I like that movie because it's really dark and grim, like version of Evil Dead. And to me, that's, I like that because that's how I felt like the first movie. Mm-hmm. Is that it's real. It, the first movie is pretty grim, you know, it's pretty dark and, and there's not really a lot of comedy in it, you know? No. And uh, I liked that they kind of brought that back with a remake and, literally like fucking raining blood and shit you know only thing i don't like from what i'm seeing with this remake is the uh the art that was done for it like the cover art looks like crap it looks like some generic fucking like a uh, blumhouse movie or something even though you know, there's some good blumhouse movies i'm not knocking blumhouse but it just looks really uh generic like it does not look like the material it's representing you know what i mean i don't know if you've seen the artwork for it but it sucks yeah i saw that it's not good the um the trailer i mean it looked promising. It looked pretty, like it could have the potential to be pretty um, brutal. You know what I mean? And pretty scary. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And um, I like the originals as well. Like I'm a big fan of Bruce Campbell, and I, I like the first Evil Dead, which with the darker tone and the more seriousness. But I also like when you know they let Bruce kind of take the wheel and go for like you know the second one, an Army of Darkness and stuff like that. I like that crazy dark sense of humor that you know Raimi has and you know Bruce Campbell does on screen so yeah me too I mean I like those ones too and uh probably Army of Darkness was the first Evil Dead movie I saw anyways like when I was a little kid I remember uh renting Army of Darkness when I was I don't know six or something you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah and then 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 later on I I went back and watched the first two Evil Deads but Army of Darkness was like my introduction to to Ash and the Evil Dead and all that kind of stuff, you know, which I think is appropriate. I think Evil Dead, I think Army of Darkness is definitely a movie that kids like, you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of a lot of, uh, of us who are big fans of Evil Dead who started off with Army of Darkness when they're like little kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. And, and the cool thing is all three films are solid, you know, the they're all good and um i even like the uh tv show that came out ash versus evil dead fucking awesome man yeah i've heard i've had a lot of people recommend that one to me and i still i that's this one i need to watch that's on a netflix if i'm not mistaken so it was originally on stars but i think uh 
Netflix got the rights to it, so it's on oh, there cool. if you want to watch them. Yeah, I got the box set sitting right next to me right now. I bought this big, fucking crazy looking box set last year of uh, Evil Dead. It's got like Evil Dead one and two, and it also has the whole TV show. So I think I got it for like fifty bucks. So pretty cool deal on that. Nice, yeah. That's cool. It's on Netflix. I have to go watch it then. Because yeah, for a while it's, it's it was like good. hard to find streaming. So. Yeah, I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure it's still on Netflix. So hopefully I'm not sending you there and not being there, but I'm pretty sure it is. And yeah, it's super fun, man. Like it's just really, really good and it's something you can watch after work. You won't have to think too much about it. You know what I mean? Because it's fucking Evil Dead, you know, it's fun and lighthearted and still dark at the same time. And uh right. this one has Xena from Xena Warrior Princess is in this one, uh Lucy Lawless. So that's oh, really? cool. Yeah. Cool, she's yeah. a badass. Yeah, yeah, we saw this. It's cool. I remember watching Xena <laughs> as a kid. Oh yeah, Xena and Hercules, man. I was like, I grew up on that shit because when he had like uh, four channels when I was a kid, and that came on one of the four channels. I think it was like UPN or something or Channel Thirty Six, whatever the hell that was. But it was always Xena, and you'd have Hercules. And I remember just thinking, God damn, this guy looks nothing like fucking Hercules, Kevin Sorbo or whatever fuck his name is. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah. The worst Hercules ever. I just watched it because it was entertaining. You know, it's like it was funny. Like, can't take this guy seriously. No, he's like more of a, he's kind of like more of a comedy actor than he is like a, you know, it just felt like a little mismatched. Like, he's not really the hero guy. Like, everything else I've ever seen him in, he's like the comedian, you know? <laughs> yeah, he he definitely did not look like Hercules. <laughs> I was like, why well, this is not Hercules. But even back then when I was a kid, I knew that, you know? Yeah, I was, I thought, but it was still entertaining. I, I like those like cheesy ass uh, movies. I mean, TV shows we had back when we were kids, like that, like Xena and um, Hercules, and there's a couple other ones too. I think. Yeah, I think there was like another one that was like in the same because because Xena and Hercules are like in the same world. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like another one that was like in the same world, but I don't remember 100. percent I'm also thinking Sam Raimi had something to do with both of those shows. I know uh, Ted Raimi was in. Uh, uh, I think it was in Xena. He's probably in Hercules some too, being that they're in the same universe. But I know he was in the show, and I'm thinking maybe Sam also had something to do with some of those episodes, like maybe he directed some of them or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because I kind of had that feeling. I remember, yeah, I had, I remember Ted, Ted Raimi, and in, in, uh, he was in Xena, right? Uh, yeah, and I think he did some episodes with Hercules too, but mostly Xena from what I recall. Yeah, I remember him in that. The... um. Uh, I don't remember seeing a show like super well, but yeah, I used to watch it all the time because it was also like they'd have like these endless reruns of it during the day, daytime during the week too on like UPN or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually what I'd be doing, like especially on a Sunday, man. That's what I'd be watching. I think they used to come on like on 11 or 12 Sunday afternoon after all like the commercials and all were over. Yeah, like the hour long commercials for like that fucking uh chicken roaster thing that used to always have um uh, you know the, the food guy would come on there and have like hour-long commercial and after that xena and stuff would come on <laughs> the good old days of not having any channels to go through and no streaming services <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah there's yeah i definitely watched a lot of those shows and um just because you, you start watching because there's nothing on and then you kind of get sucked into it you know like there you was start, a you start like paying you start like getting sucked into the show you're like oh yeah yeah, and end up watching every goddamn episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, um, 
Did you ever see the uh, Call movie that they made with Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Again, Kevin Sorbo. He just kind of ruined shit, man. I, I don't know. I can't take him seriously. So, yeah, no. definitely not to roll for him. No, it was not. I, I saw that in the theaters. And it's funny because I completely forgot about that movie. And then I heard, then I was talking to Mike about Call or something. And I was like, oh, wait, wasn't there like a Cole movie back in the 90s? And then I like looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah, there is. I remember that movie now. <laughs> yeah, we can all forget that one. <laughs> I also think uh, Kevin Sorbo did one of the uh, Left Behind movies, those super religious, like, end of the world movies. Like, oh, you know, God's going to come and you know, take you up to heaven and shit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, because he's a super, like... Uh, religious zealot type fella yeah he's just I'm not a big kevin sorbo fan as you can tell i did enjoy him in hercules just because it was funny but <laughs> yeah him on his, himself he's kind of a he's a dick <laughs> yeah no, fan yeah i would never watch a left behind movie <laughs> uh no i'm good <laughs> i remember uh again having only four or five channels as a kid um flipping through one day i noticed that uh one of the religious channels that were on there were like the church channels or whatever they show movies sometimes and i remember seeing uh fuck it was a it was a it was damien something it was one of the uh whatchamacallit movies um, omen yeah it's one of the omen movies showing it on the church channel it was like yeah. the one with uh sam neil in it when sam neil was playing like a grown-up version of damien yeah yeah that one yeah i yeah, was like they, look at this shit just <laughs> because the um that that one is like based off of these like evangelical ideas of like the antichrist and stuff. So, right. Yeah. So that movie's like literally like, if you want to know like what evangelical Christians think is what's going to happen with the antichrist, you can watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to watch fucking Omen on uh whatever religious channel this is <laughs> and watch that. And you can watch Billy Graham after that. That's uh, some yeah. scary shit. Yeah. That is scary. Yeah. That's more scary than the Omen. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like how sometimes Christians are like that, where it's like, like they do those fucking hell houses, where they're like, yeah, hey, we're gonna make a haunted house that's gonna try to scare the sin out of people, and it's like so like so fucked up, like, oh yeah, up like evil like abortion things and all this stuff. You know what I mean? I forgot about those. I'm not sure if they still do those or not, but I do remember those. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like some of that shit was like disturbed. You're like. I guess it's kind of like the same thing as like back in the day in the middle ages and stuff like painting these like elaborate, like fucked up visions of hell to scare people or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Plenty of those, uh, just scare the, the small minded people. I mean, you believe what you want to believe, but I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't yeah. <laughs> I believe what I believe. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's, it's funny. that. You know the medium changes, but the the, time, the people don't really sometimes in some ways. My um uh, my grandma used to tell me this story when I was a little teeny kid, like six or so. And, um, used to tell me a story about the the devil walking the streets at night with his hooves and stuff, like having like a you know a man body and having like these fucking hooves, you know, like goat legs and stuff. And that shit, he's scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like walking the streets, like a, a you know, at night as a like a normal thing to do. Like he's mixing them with the crowds and all, but he's got like these hoofs, you know. He knows if you've been doing some fucked up shit or not, he's gonna take you to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of these, these type of things. Like, 
uh, what was real funny is my 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 friend's grandma like um, like sometimes I go over with him to his grandma's house or whatever, and um, she would she literally believed that the devil was around like tempting people like all the time, mm. and she would say that the devil was like come and like hold her hand when she's sleeping and all this kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> like. And she really believed it, but it really did creep me to fuck out, like, as a kid, like, because you're just, like, I think partly, too, because of how much she really believed, like, some type of, like, evil demon entity is, like, holding her hand and stuff while she's sleeping, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we're young and impressionable, too, like, we believe in Santa Claus and all these other, like, mythical things, like, yeah, that scares the fuck out you when you're a kid, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, her house is pretty creepy, too yeah <laughs> that's a typical grandma house right <laughs> yeah it was it was like this old like old house and and uh she was from new orleans and and uh so yeah she um she had like all those kinds of like she had she i mean she obviously you know there's like a lot of folklore and all that stuff from new orleans and everything and she would talk about that stuff or like you know she obviously believed in a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff as well you know Mm-hmm. so yeah it was kind of funny like but yeah you're like a little kid and you're telling you about all this stuff being like oh there's a devil like around the corner there or whatever i wasn't really that afraid of the devil but but just like it was more like the idea of like some creepy thing fucking holding your hand when you're sleeping man like fuck that <laughs> yeah that that kind of comes in with my like uh I, I was always afraid as a kid, like there's something under the bed. Like if you dangle your legs over, something's going to reach up and grab your leg. That's like the worst, man. Like, I think that scared me for a long time as a kid. Yeah. And like in some places, yeah, some places had that creepy vibe, you know, like, and I mean, honestly, like I think that, you know, I feel like in some level, like maybe that, that lady was experiencing something because her house was really creepy and had this bad vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe she's interpreting as the devil trying to tempt her or something, but it's like some some entity of some sort. You know what I mean? Like maybe it actually was something there. Yeah, there's definitely things that we can't explain. You know, weird things happen. Like I'm I'm a skeptic, but I also, you know, uh, you can always prove me wrong. And I'm not saying things don't exist either. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's, that's not, there's no type of supernatural or anything. I and mean, this is something we haven't discovered yet, you know? Yeah, I mean that's kind of my perspective. I mean, we were talking on your on your podcast about like the kind of haunting experience I had and stuff, and mm-hmm. definitely made me think that that there's more out more going on. You know what I mean? Like when you have like real true paranormal like things happen in your life. Yeah, and I think that that's actually the way to be is to be just kind of open and be like, uh, because a lot of people have like maybe have paranormal stuff happen in their life and they'll try to just explain it away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you'll see that kind of like rationalization where it's almost like, it's almost like being so rationalized to the point that you're being, you're blinding. You know what I mean? Like, because reality is like for a scientific type of skeptical mind, if you have something supernatural to happen that you can't explain in a, you know, materialistic way that should open the mind to being like, well, maybe there's something else going on. You know what I mean? Right um and where like some people i think they just like they're like no that's not true nope nope you know what i mean like that's the kind of that's why lovecraft always had 
his characters be these like hyper a lot of times have be these hyper scientists people like with his like super rational mind because they're the ones who could at least handle experiencing something that like destroys this idea of like reality and whatever you know what i mean right yeah no yeah totally always keep a door open you know don't close all the doors because yeah there's things we just can't explain and you know things we haven't even discovered yet you know yeah i mean for me personally i think a lot of the stuff that that's like you know we we register as supernatural i think a lot of it's stuff that we just don't have the tools to to it's like operating on other like levels of, of reality that, that, you know what I mean? Like there's like all these waves and all, there's a lot of, there's like a whole invisible world around us that we just can't perceive with our eyes. You know what I mean? We can feel its effects upon our body and on the subconscious in a way. Mm-hmm. But, um, by the way, you know, and we're starting to develop better tools to pierce into the different levels of reality that we can't see, you know? So, I think the more that happens, the more you're going to have more proof of, of the existence of, of something, of other things around us, you know? Right. Yeah. I think our big proof is going to be when uh, the mist actually happens, when they uh, hit it, when they tear into the fabric of another dimension and all, all the fucking giant creatures and the low crafty and monsters come out. That's going to yeah. be a hell of a day. I, I, I predict that happening in the next five years or so. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not, though. It could happen. I mean, they're doing these like fucking black hole generators and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're doing some weird shit behind the scenes, like experimenting, trying to, uh, you know, like I said, trying to get over to the other dimensions and see what's there and all this stuff. And you never know what might, you know, come back over here and see what we got going on. You know, it might not yeah. look like us. <laughs> it might not be carbon based. It could be something <laughs> totally different. Yeah, you never know. And I think that's it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think that if like uh, those types of movies actually come true or whatever, those kind of stories of like yeah, like opening like some kind of portal to some type of hell dimension that you can't close, and suddenly like Ugh. it'd be like it'd be like Doom, you know, like in Doom Two, Hell on Earth, where they do yep. that, they open a portal to this hell dimension, and all these things come through. Yeah, totally. But just like Doom, <laughs> oh man, that would be insane, man. Like. And you know what they say? They always say uh, life imitates art. So, you know, why not? It could happen. Well, I mean, they're definitely pushing us towards a Terminator futures as well. So, yeah, we got the AI is going to be taking over soon. They got some super intelligent AI right now. I think Google made some kind of like monstrosity that is uh, actually a, a somewhat alive, I guess, if you would call it alive, but it's functional and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how Terminator started. So, <laughs> yeah, man, like they they got, I've literally seen like these like, you know, like you know, like in Terminator, like the kind of robot that he is. Like I've seen like fucking videos of these like military robots that look like them. You know. Yeah, I mean they're they've come a long ways when it comes to the robot stuff, and um, I mean as long as we don't blow up the world and by t- you know in the next thirty or forty years we're gonna. We might not see that, but our the generation after is they're definitely going to see something in the, those lines of like you know cybernetic monstrosities maybe. Yeah, it's a yeah. I think the the whole idea of like the robots and stuff is pretty horrifying in the sense of like um the they're they're very easy uh, ability for those in power to use them to dominate everyone else. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean that's pretty much why we uh 
do what we do with technology to advance it so far to use it for war. So unfortunately, yeah, they're probably used for the wrong fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why Isaac Eisenhower had the idea of like the rule robotics or you know the rules of robotics where to try to program in these things into the robot so that they can kind of um bypass some of those social issues of having a robot in the sense of like the ability of robots to be a uh, a weapon in the hands of like the like uh tyranny and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 those set of rules. And uh, I'm sure if we do come up with robots like that, they're not going to follow those rules. <laughs> They'll be programmed to fucking probably kill and, you know, do other things. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem, Like The only way to, to yeah, people would have to start, like, signing and doing it for legally before it even really happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That'd yeah, be a, some crazy shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we don't, I don't want to live and watch, like, the world get dominated by a bunch of, you know, robot stock troopers, like, enforcing some type of weird communist rule on us or something, you know what I mean? And if they did that, it would be, uh, the Simpsons already foretold that, um, foretold all that stuff. There's an episode of, uh, Treehouse of Horror, where, um, at the end of the Treehouse of Horror, it, like, goes up, like, 30 years later, and, uh, robots are ruling the world, and, uh, Mr. Burns has his brain inside of a robot. <laughs> so it's like uh, the Simpsons seem to predict everything anyway. So I'm sure they'd be right on that. It's just it's all about timing when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, at least in America, we don't got like uh, drones flying through the air, like like watching us and trying to control us yet, like they do in like China. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I guess we'll see. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to live in Terminator future myself, though. No, I'm good on that. I don't feel like <laughs> fighting Terminators. I'm I'm definitely fine with that because your chances of surviving are very slim. <laughs> yeah, man. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Particularly not like T1000 or something. That'd be like. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I'm good on that. I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fight no T one thousand. I don't want to fight no liquid metal. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Uh, what, what was Arnold's? Uh, T nine hundred. I think T8, so. Yeah, I think it was T nine hundred. Yeah, can't I remember. Forget. Yeah, but either one sucks. I'm not fighting none of them. <laughs> yeah, if I have to, if I if I have to choose, I'd rather fight Arnold, but I'd rather not. Yeah. Do either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the um. Oh yeah, one thing I was gonna uh, recommend is I um. So, um, Ignaz Alchemist from Aklis had recommended that I check out this book. It's called Empire of the Vampire. Uh huh. And so I started listening to it on Audible, and it's fucking sick, dude. I highly recommend. I recommend it. It's a super dark, brutal, fucking like kind of dark fantasy. Uh huh. Um, and it's basically about like a. It's kind of set in this fantasy world that's kind of it kind of feels like late middle medieval mixed with a little bit like 1700s you know mm-hmm. it's like more medieval but there's like some people kind of they have like flintlock um it's kind of make maybe more set like in like the 1600s or something you know but mm-hmm. but in this fantasy world so it's not our world nothing but uh basically something happens and the sun gets d- like the sky becomes like dark all the time basically like like uh like the sun is like 
base barely shines through. It's like almost you know, like during the daylight, it's like twilight, and then at night, it's like super dark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like almost like this endless night. So the vampires can like walk during the day now. Oh, cool! And uh, and the book is basically about um about like uh, it's a story of this of this vampire hunter guy who's like and um and uh and in this world where the vampires are literally taking over and creating like this em- like empire uh basically you know like they're as you know um killing all the humans and stuff no oh, this sounds awesome already you had me a vampire you know yeah. I-, I love a good vampire novel or movie and this one is really cool it's got like the- there's different kinds of vampires in it where um you have these highborn vampires who are like the kind of nobles, you know, and they're like they're they're kind of almost like the Anne Rice one, vampires where they're like beautiful and super powerful, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you got um um these lower forms of vampires. So basically, so basically, like when a vampire like kills somebody, they may or may not turn. There's but. And then depending on how fast they turn, like they're so they're like when they die, their body starts rotting. And then some some people will get turned like real fast, you know what I mean? And then they're basically, you know, almost, you know, they look like almost like whatever, like the way they did when they died. But then other ones will like sit and rot for a while and then come back to life. Oh, nice. And those ones are called like the wretched. And they're like these, they're like the lowest form of vampire. And they basically are like, kind of operating like almost like fast zombies or something like they're they're more fast and more powerful than but they're basically like feral like mindless just monsters that just like attack and like want to eat and drink people and stuff you know nice that sounds great <laughs> yeah so you got these different levels of vampires and all the vampires have these different bloodlines that have different powers and you know like this kinds of stuff and um yeah it's like really it's really brutal too i'm not i i mean i was listening to a lot of work today and haven't gotten too far yet but it's fucking great so far definitely like recommend okay definitely i'll put that on my list um that reminds me of the uh the film the ethan hawk film um from back in 2000 something it was called daybreakers it reminds me a lot of that but even though daybreakers took place i think kind of like a distant future or something but it has a very similar uh, storyline, I guess, with the, uh, like, you got the wretched type vampires that had those in Daybreakers, and you have, like, the uh, the vampires that are in government and stuff, like, the higher ranking, like, noble-looking ones and stuff. So, that's yeah. kind of cool. I think that's a cool idea for vampires because it gives you a bit of, it gives you, like, a bit of, um, what's the word, uh, variation in it. But then it's also kind of cool because on one level, with these wretched type of vampires, they're like they're they're almost like the, operating on a similar principle as like as like a zombies in the zombie movies, you know, or like something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where you know you can be going through and all of a sudden be in, being attacked by like a fucking pack of these like feral vampires or whatever, and uh, it's really creepy. It definitely adds like a lot of there's, it's pretty horrific, you know. Like you feel like you can read it and it's like tense like you you can't go across the wilderness like really because because they things might just attack you and all this kinds of stuff you know i'm definitely yeah make sure um if you can remember to send me a link to that that way i don't forget because um right now i'm reading uh 
a Mike Hill recommended novel. Um, actually, it's a trilogy of novels. I'm on the second book right now, but uh, Diary of a Werewolf Hunter. Have you read that one yet? I haven't read that one yet. Uh, Mike said it was good. Did you oh, like it? Dude. Oh, it was fucking awesome. The first book is great. It's like uh, everything I want out of like a uh, 80s to 90s action movie with werewolves. Like it, it has that feel to it. It's like everything's a bit over the top. You know what I mean? And werewolves are fucking brooding big fucking you know they walk on two legs for the most part they're like you know the werewolves from like the howling and stuff that's what these kind of remind me of the way they're described but there's different classes of werewolves in this as well just like the book you're reading with the vampires you have like the kind of higher like noble type werewolves you know who are making it running the show and stuff and then you got like the almost berserker werewolves who can take like two or three silver bullets and keep on coming and then you have like more like a you know, the ones that just been turned type werewolves, like the new ones, and they're totally kind of different and stuff. Like there's different variations of werewolves and they some of them have like different powers too. There's a, a big like uh supernatural element. You know, werewolves are supernatural anyways, but there's more like uh there's some like witches and stuff in here and like I think there's like um some uh Wendigo stuff's involved in this, like there's black magic, uh voodoo. It's uh you got a little bit of everything, man. It's really good. I would love to see it turn into a movie. Cool. Yeah, I need to uh, check that out. Yeah, I've been meaning to check it out since Mike told me about it. And uh, yeah, like, uh, haven't done it. Are you? Are you like reading it? Reading? Or are you listening to it? No, I'm actually reading this one. Um, I got it on uh, Scribd. I use Scribd for uh, my audiobooks and for like you can download novels and stuff on it too. So I'm reading this one. And um, like I said, the first book is done. I've already read that one. It's fucking, I would give that a probably a 10 out of 10. And um, cool. I'm on to the second one right now. I'm like a couple chapters in and it's like takes off right from the first one. doesn't lose any steam. Like it's like, boom, straight into the action. Like uh, the chapter I just read, it's got fucking uh, done killing this crazy ass uh, witch out in the middle of a swamp. And the way to describe her, it's like, she's barely alive. You know what I mean? Just falling apart. And uh, she kills this cop by fucking, uh, blowing some type of like dust at him and stuff and he bleeds out right then and there like out of all his like orifices and stuff and it starts bleeding everywhere so, yeah. <laughs> it's brutal like the descriptions are really brutal too like that's what it reminds me of like a really awesome action movie from the 90s it's like a lot of blood a lot of gore just over the top you know mixed with like really great horror you know yeah that's always that's cool I'm gonna have to check that out yeah that it's kind of um... The Empire Vampire books like that too is like super brutal, yeah, gory, you know, dark fucking shit. It's another one too, like the way he describes stuff in the book, like you, it's kind of like I could imagine a movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like reading the book, like you, you can see the pictures in your head of how it would be like if it was a movie. It's cool. How long ago was this book written? Um, is it older or? I'm not sure. Let me see the um. Maybe have a chance to get a movie, you know, that'd be cool. Uh, let me see. Um, let me look, let me look, type it up. I don't know how old it is. The, the funny thing is of, of it, the, um, the cover of it looks kind of like, kind of almost like this teen novel or something for some mm-hmm. reason, like one of the covers for it, but it's like, not is definitely not a teen movie at all. <laughs> it just came out last year, uh, 2021. Okay, cool. So there's probably a good chance if it's popular enough, it might become a movie. Then that'd be cool. 
yeah like uh it's, yeah it's real brutal like and uh yeah really grim pretty grim shit you know Cool. I'm we'll yeah. add it to my list and stuff. Once you yeah. send me the name and everything, I'll add that on there. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. The and the the audiobook is good for it. Yeah, hopefully a script to have that. I don't do Audible because um Audible gets expensive, but with Scribd, it's like eleven bucks a month and it's unlimited audiobooks, unlimited regular novels you can download. Oh, uh, really? It's a great well, deal. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to switch to Scribd. I only got Audible because um uh Amazon offered me like a deal where it was like six dollars a month for the first four months or whatever. Oh yeah, and they tried to do it. Me too. Yep. Yeah. So I just did it to do it for like the four months or whatever. I, but it's it's like too expensive because it's like you have to buy all the books and you know, yeah. I'm like fuck that man. Like with Scrib, you just you don't have to buy the books. It's just a straight eleven, twelve bucks a month, and you get everything. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Stephen King has some type of ownership in this app. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They have everything by Stephen King on there. All his new stuff pops up on Scrib too. So that's really cool. They got fucking everything he's ever done, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably switch to that once I run through the uh four months. You know, I'll probably get it before them, but yeah, because that'd be a lot better deal because like definitely like when Audible goes back to like its normal price like i don't really pay 15 dollars a month for like one book you know what i mean yeah yeah it's bullshit and you got to buy the books with the subscription like that why do i have a, a subscription here if i'm still buying these books like digitally don't make any sense to me yeah it doesn't make any sense to me either particularly because the book some of these audiobooks are expensive as fuck they're more yeah, expensive 30 than bucks. buying the book yeah 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 like, nope. like no thank you i'm not gonna send 30 dollars on a goddamn audiobook like no dude, i'm gonna own it getting me yeah, I'd rather own the actual book itself. I'm not fucking, you know, that's stupid. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, that that's kind of the thing with Audible that I'm just like, no. So, that's good to know of Script. I was actually going to ask you about that I was in at, uh, at some point because it was like, if Script, yeah. So, if you're like, can pretty much listen to whatever, like, I'll probably get that one because, I mean, that's way better, you know? Yeah, I've been using Script now for years, probably, shit, probably six years now. Like um, I've been a fan for a while. Sometimes, if I'm not reading a lot, if I'm not doing a lot of audiobooks, I uh, quit my subscription for a little bit, then I get back on it. But for if you want, like to me, I think it's the best deal for audiobooks. You know? Yeah, it's definitely a better deal. Yeah, hopefully that book's on there, like because um, yeah, it's sick, dude. Yeah, it's got. I know it's it's got a lot of stuff on there. Like uh, I don't know how if it's got as much as Audible does, but I think it does. You know, I never compared the two, but it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, not not having to pay for each one individually pays is, is pays for it, you know, even if you have a little bit less, you know. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, the <coughs> the um I was gonna say one thing that um you you had mentioned was uh talking Maybe uh, talk a little bit before we close out about some of the favorite stuff from last year. Is one thing that you had mentioned. Yeah, I want to. Uh, we can mention a few from our favorites of last year, like movies and a few of our favorite albums from last year. If you're down. Yeah, definitely. The um, one album that I think we definitely have in common from last year was the new Strigway album. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that shit was. So, I played. I played that shit so damn much, man. It's so good. And yeah, Strigoi too. too, like fucking vampire, you know, it's another word for vampire. And that just reminds me of uh uh what is that TV show and actual book that Guillermo del Toro wrote? Um 
He did a vampire oh, book. Um, um more there. I know what you're talking about. Um, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I cannot. And I, I read the novel like as soon as it came out. I think there was like maybe two novels, and I watched the whole TV series. Because the uh, name starts with S as well. Isn't I get always get it mixed up with subspecies. The subspecies is the full moon one. Yeah, oh, um, uh, I'm looking at the, the strain. Yeah, the strain. There you go. Yeah. So Strugoin is, and you know that totally, and it gives me those feelings too. Like it sounds kind of like almost like vampiric, like death metal. You know what I mean? Like, and it, I don't know the way they look and on stage and everything too. Like I totally get that feeling, and that album was so fucking good. Yeah, like even like the the, the cover and everything, like the artwork for it, just so fucking has this real dark. Yeah, vampiric like feeling and just like super like void black, you know, abyss type of feeling. You know what I mean? I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know where it ranked us. My, I didn't really do. I did my top albums, but I didn't really like put like number one, number two. I just kind of like threw them out there for the most part. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that one ranked like pretty damn high. Yeah, um, for me, I put it like uh, what was it like number four or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty high there. Well deserving, that's for sure. Yeah, and originally uh, for a while it was number two, but then a couple albums came out that they kind of ended up taking this the top slots a little bit. But the um, yeah, that one that was just one of the best albums from last year, I think, hands down. Yeah, um, another really good one from last year was a uh, was a uh, Werewolves new one. Uh, did they did two last year, or just a one. I can't remember. Uh, they did the one that from the from the uh, what uh, why am I blanking on name or something um from the tape cradle to the grave or something right I believe so double checking that now to make sure I have my list here it was uh yeah from the grave to it was from the cave to the grave was one from last year and that was like if I was if I had to rank that it'd probably like be number two or three man that shit's so fucking good. <laughs> Yeah, that one is like definitely one of the best uh, death metal albums from last year by far. And I'm glad to know they're awesome like that, being that their name is Werewolves. Like it'd be disappointing if it was like a power metal band, which I, I don't like power metal. Nothing against it, but it's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, if, you know that. I'd be like, oh fuck, that sucks. But they live up to their name, you know. Yeah, if you're gonna have a, a band name called Werewolves, it needs to be pretty fucking feral, like you know caveman type music you know it's either got to be like death metal like theirs or like some type of like real brutal black metal stuff or something you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you can't be so, playing like power metal with a name like werewolves you know i think they, yeah. they they capture it really perfectly that vibe you know like this kind of werewolf metal you know yeah i told uh, like the super over the top just fucking brutal you know full of fucking anger like that yeah that totally captures that very well yeah, that's that's like, uh, it's one of the bands that I found out through because of Jackie. You know. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I find a lot of music because of Jackie. Mike and Jackie, they they share a lot of good music and stuff. So, yeah, if he if if he hadn't uh, talked about them, like I would never have probably even found out about them. So, and I think they're probably one of the best death metal bands out today. You know. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Um, also another Jackie band that's on my uh top 10 listen 
This one's really high. This could be like number two or something between number one and two, but it's the new Antichrist Imperium. I knew nothing about this band until uh, listening to Jackie's podcast. And uh, once I found out about this band, I was all about it. And, and the new album is just fucking brutal, man. Yeah, that, that's definitely their best album, I think, so far. The the thing I think is cool about Antichrist Imperium is that, like, um, I've been a fan of Akrakaki since, like, early 2000s you know like i got like you know go to mendes and chronos on that kind of stuff like early 2000s you know mm-hmm. and um and i thought i think it's cool of antichrist imperium because antichrist imperium feels like to be honest to me feels more like akrakaki than the last akrakaki album does you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like when they got back together and they made a new album i felt like I didn't really like it as much, but the Antichrist Imperium stuff like captures exactly what I liked about Akrakok back in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, and it just feels like they picked up where they left off with like uh, the Antichrist album, and they're like, and sometimes even top top some of the anti- Akrakok stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish I could uh share their album more on like uh instagram and stuff but with the artwork and stuff i can't share it because i will get booted off there like a, oh now i get booted off but i will get censored or whatever on there like i've done have you know they like block my account for weeks or whatever so it sucks i'm like man i want to make sure i share this form but facebook and instagram are really strict on that i shared a episode of yours from uh one of your radio shows and i happened to have an art piece so i think with a naked lady and i didn't realize it was a naked lady and i shared it and i got uh, banned for 30 days are you serious like, yeah i'm like what the fuck it's the art piece it's art yeah because um my like I, if it's like a an art you know like not a pip photograph mm-hmm. uh you know i've had no, no real problem sharing stuff with like with like tits or whatever if it's like a a, a painting or a drawing yeah i can't you can't but not but not if it's a picture yeah yeah, this was a painting. This is a one a painting that you shared or that was on a, one of your episodes and stuff. And I, yeah, I got blocked for like more. I got shadow, not shadow man. What the hell are they called? Where they restrict your account for thirty days, so you can't. I couldn't post for like five days, and then they restricted my account for thirty days. Are you serious? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sucks. man, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> you know? I didn't. Didn't. Yeah, I didn't have. Uh, it's funny that that happened to you, and I, I my my account didn't get any problem from posting yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Damn algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> the uh well one time um like one of the ones that that i got i haven't gotten banned in a while in a while on facebook um the one time like i got banned uh for uh the first it's like the second cemetery album it has this picture where it's just like and it's like you can't really see any nudity on the on the on the cover at all right it's kind of like maybe like it looks like this kind of shadowed like female form and like a serpent or something on it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I got a fucking 30 day ban posting it to my story. And uh, uh, I was like, I, I did, I did, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, dispute it. And I, they did end up ending the, uh, the thing before the 30 days because because it was bullshit you know but it's just like it's annoying how the stupid fucking um thing will will do stuff you know what i mean yeah the algorithm algorithm's crazy and it's mostly like uh, uh ai type stuff too looking for keywords or 
key pitchers, I guess they can get you one. So I just got lucky that day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. I got uh and I got before that happened, I had gotten like a the shorter shorter ban or whatever because I posted um this Marilyn Manson video that's like real like dirty, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. uh was it um I forget the song now, Spade or whatever. Uh like in the video like it's like it's like a pretty R-rated video. But, yeah, a lot uh, of yeah. his stuff was. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. But for some reason I think somebody reported me for it. I'm not sure what happened. But yeah, mm. I got a I got so just, so then when the other thing happened now, so I got 30 day. I'm like, this is stupid. But I haven't really had problems with it for a while and uh <clears throat> but yeah, the I don't know. Fucking Instagram and Facebook are retarded. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've shared the Andy Grace Imperium album as well, but I think uh, yeah, sometimes it's like rolling the dice. You never know right? what it's going to do. <laughs> I wanted to say my uh, favorite pro- release from last year is probably going to be um, Ulta's um, All That Has Never Been True. Yeah, that's, that's probably, yeah. God damn, I've listened to them probably more than everything. Um, Ralph is talented as fuck, and is this cool, you know, knowing that he put out this great art, you know what I mean? Like, what a hell, what a great band. Like, all this is so fucking good. Like, that's like my style of black metal, really. You know, it's black metal with like really good bottom in and punch and a lot of emotion to it and stuff. Like, super heavy. Yeah, it's a great album. The, um, I think it's probably Ulta's best so far, you know, and I'm a big fan of Ulta. Like, like I was a fan of Ulta, you know, since like I don't know, two thousand seventeen or something. I think when I found is when I found them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found their first two albums, then um, been a big fan ever since. And yeah, it's it's sometimes it's crazy to think that you know, like become become friends with Ralph and stuff. It's like it's like man, I've been like your music's like real important to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, him and Mike, like. I've been a fan of Tomb since I was probably in my early 20s. Whenever like um, I found a Tombs album in a, one of the mu- local music stores on CD or whatever, and I was like, oh, I saw the name. It said Tombs. Like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, I didn't know shit about Tombs at the time. And um, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was uh, Path of Totality, I think was the first one I got. And I was hooked ever since. I was always like spreading words like, oh, you're going to check Tombs out. I'm like, you know. Yeah. I was like, man, you know, knowing Mike and stuff and how cool he is and, you know, he's such an, like, inspiration, you know, positive inspiration and stuff. I just think that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man, like, uh, I got got into Tombs, like, uh, not as long as that, because I think, um, like, I had heard about Tombs and stuff, like, I'd seen the name, you know, I heard about them, but I didn't really check them out until probably about, I think it was, like, 2016. Because mm-hmm. I saw them um, with uh, 1349 and Full of Hell. Oh, nice. And that, that's what got me into Tombs. Uh, was Really was seeing them live because of how good they were live, you know? Oh, yeah. They're fucking nasty live, that's for sure. Yeah. And that that's what got me into Tombs. Uh, and I you know I've kind of followed them ever since then, you know? And then uh, I found out about the podcast through... Um, uh, through, through in a necrosphere because I, I didn't know that that mike had like you know his podcast like necromaniacs and stuff you know mm-hmm. but then i was watching in a necrosphere and and watched the interviews that he did of mike and that's how i found out about 
I was like, oh, this is uh, Mike's podcast sounds sounds cool, like necromaniacs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, then uh, so I, I started getting into to his podcast and uh, and uh, that's kind of how um, how I got introduced to them and listened to them a bunch. And then it's funny because when you like like I kind of got caught up on necromaniacs, like you know, like like so, like a bunch of you know years worth of episodes in like a short period of time. Right. And you kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, I need to message uh, Mike and uh, recommend this. Uh, there's this comic book that Graham Morrison wrote called The Nameless. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, just judging by everything that, that he had um, talked about on on his episodes and stuff, I was like, oh, man, he'll love this. So I I just like message him and and um, and then it was funny because because he's like, oh, cool. And then and then he like shouted me out on the on the pod cast about how he'd gotten the nameless and liked it and stuff and then that's kind of how he and i started getting in com- uh co- contact <laughs> yeah i remember that episode too i was like oh cool carl because i knew you by that time too like it was like the formation of the horseman bat then you know what i mean yeah yeah because i've been starting to follow uh i found out about your podcast through mike's you know and so it all kind of and you and uh necromaniacs you know from them shouting you out so yeah no that's cool man i, I love our group it's, it's awesome <laughs> like a part of the horseman it's a really cool thing yeah i think it's a cool thing like uh you know and and uh you know we have these it's cool we have these crossovers and you know like doing episodes together and talking about stuff and uh getting to know every everyone you know it's cool i got a really um cool episode from last year i recorded with a Mike and Ralph, I just I get behind sometimes on episodes because I do mine every two weeks, and sometimes I record too damn many, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? At one time because uh, you know I book them at certain points. But anyways, I got a really cool one coming out. Uh, not this Sunday, not this Monday, but next Monday. It's a good one. I think we go over like some of our top like scariest moments from you know movies and TV shows, and we got some really pretty cool like deep cuts on that episode. So like that, that's awesome. That yeah, so that's a really good crossover episode. I think people are gonna like. Yeah, it's cool. You got both Ralph and uh, and Mike on at the same time. That's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, and that was a really fun one. So, yeah, um, and there, there's be more crossover episodes this year for sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll do a lot. And uh, I I want to get uh um because he had Mike Scandato on, and he and I have been talking about him being on 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 um. Solnox as well at some point we just haven't had quite got it scheduled yet so <laughs> i'm gonna have him on at some point so no that'd be cool i was like maybe and then like i don't really talk to jeff but i was like maybe i'll yeah, try to get him on too and then have everybody i have had everybody on the podcast like you should do that too so then it's like everybody who's been on horror wolf you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i'm talking to jeff uh i think next week or a couple weeks from now i gotta look at my calendar but yeah he's gonna be on my podcast cool yeah that's why i, like, I want to get mike and mike s and jeff on mine too and it's like all the horsemen on the podcast and everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like that's a cool thing yeah totally the um we had that i was gonna say movies last year i want to be honest i didn't i didn't watch it wasn't as good of watching new movies last year <laughs> as everybody else <laughs> uh I did like uh, my favorite thing I watched last year was probably Archive eighty one. Oh yeah, Archive eighty one's awesome. That made my uh, 
top list of TV shows for last year, and you know they fucking canceled it, which is a big a bummer. You know, dude, I was so fucking upset when I heard that. <laughs> they cancel everything I fucking like. Like they just canceled uh, "Let the Right One In," the TV show on Showtime. They canceled that. And that was a damn good show. And the second season was about to be really fucking good. And then on top of all that, they took all the episodes off. You can't even find them on Showtime because they're merging with another network and they're making some super network. Now those episodes are lost as of right now. Yeah, I saw um, I saw Mike uh, Scandato post about that. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, man, everything I like, they fucking canceled. And like Archive 81 was so good. I recommend the podcast too. Uh, have you listened to the audio podcast, like the audio drama they do? I have not listened to it yet. It's oh. one of the things I've been meaning to do. Yeah, totally do that, man. I think there's like uh, four or five seasons, and they are fucking out there. Like uh, the first season kind of stays similar to what the TV show was, you know, in that vein, you know, not exact or anything. But after that, it takes off into some weird ass fucking Lovecraftian other dimension madness. Like even it, it goes past like Lovecraft stuff and then some even bigger things. Like it's crazy. That's sick. Yeah, that's yeah. not. I should. I keep. I kind of forgot about that podcast. I need to like, go back and listen to that while I work one day, like at some point. I'll definitely do that in the next few months. Yeah, it's wild, man. Like, I don't know how they would film most stuff that they talk about or what happens. Like, it goes into some crazy, like, dimensional madness. Yeah, that's the thing about like, um, like you know, these kind of like you know podcast slash kind of you know radio drama type of things like you it's kind of like with books you can like describe stuff that you could never really do in a movie you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah totally the um yeah that was like my favorite thing to watch i was like i was thinking about it i was like man i was pretty bad about watching new movies last year like i didn't really see any, like any of them <laughs> like, yeah i would uh, I- there was a few I, I didn't get to watch last year. And if I did watch them last year, they probably made my list for last year, you know. But I watched them this year because you, a lot of shit was out last year. Yeah. Um, I really want to watch that Pale Blue Eye movie that they covered, like a Necromaniacs. Like, and that's, that's, I'm going to try to watch that soon. Oh, yeah. I definitely recommend that one. It's a slow burn, but it's really, really good. And the dude that they got playing uh, Edgar Allan Poe was fucking awesome like he nails that part and you know christian bale's christian bale he's always solid so it's really good it's dark it's more um it's definitely more mystery than like hard there's like a couple like hard elements in there but i would put it as like a dark mystery type thing right more of like a mystery uh mystery horror rather than horror mystery <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like i said light on the heart though like it there's some weird shit that goes on in there, but you know, I, I still, if I was to put in category, I'd say thriller horrors, but more thriller mystery type thing. Definitely high on the mystery though. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to watch that. I, I need to watch that. I need to watch the new Benson and Warhead movie as well. Yeah. See, that's one I didn't get to watch last year in time for making my list, but I'm going to try to watch that one soon. That's on the list for this year to check out. Yeah. I need to sit down and watch Skin and Marine now. It's on, uh, shutter finally too yes i just watched that today yeah i've heard and like i've heard like it seems some people really like it and some people don't like it some people are kind of like in the middle with it i feel like i think going to that one there you need to be going thinking that this is not a this is more of an experience than a 
a movie. You know what I mean? They're yeah. yeah don't go on th- thinking like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see all the great acting and all this <laughs> shit. And no, it's none of that. No, it's more yeah. of an experience. And um, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I give it like a nine out of ten as of right now. Cool. Um, yeah, it totally hits like in those weird childhood like nightmare times kind of like we were talking about earlier like it really draws on that like feeling because it takes place in 1995 and it deals with uh two kids a brother and sister but um i think they're kind of close to my age maybe the sister was around that time so but the stuff that's going on in this kind of definitely reflects on some childhood like weirdness of mine you know dealing with like uh you know nightmare type stuff sleepwalking and this this weirdness like seeing things in your house you know stuff like that even though this doesn't really this doesn't have nothing really do with like sleepwalking and all that stuff it deals with some other kind of weirdness man it's just an experience it's dark and it's brooding and uh it's really heavy yeah i mean i know the director has called it like liminal horror is like kind of the idea of like what he's what he's trying to make and i watched his short which is pretty good See, I haven't seen this short yet. I planned on doing that today, but I didn't get around to doing it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. And I, and I mean, from like watching the short, it's like I know that the movie's like a kind of extended version of it. So it's like I'm already going into it, like aware that it's like a pretty, it's like an art film, you know, experimental. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing because I, I like that kind of stuff, you know, and and uh, definitely like the idea of like being like a mood and and like having the sinister vibe and stuff like that 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 like mike told me it was like and stuff so yeah it definitely has a sinister vibe to it and um also has like an uh, eraser head feel um a begotten feel i mean those type of movies you know what i mean there's more experiences than anything yeah. i recommend watching it especially at nighttime or whatever i didn't get to watch it at night but watching the day but watching that one in the dark would really fuck with you yeah i'm sure like watching it in the dark <laughs> like um yeah like I watched that movie Sador, like with w- in the dark with my headphones on. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, watching it with the headphones like that was really cool effect because it was very immersive. And particularly there's like that part where he's like in the the cabin and they're hearing like noises all around. Mm-hmm. Like listening to the headphones, it was like kind of three dimensional noise, you know. Yeah, I like, bet that was creepy and, as fuck. Yeah, it start startled me parts of it. So. I feel like maybe Skin and Rinks one of those kind of movies might be good to watch like that with like headphones in the dark. Um, yeah, I would say so. I would definitely try to add a little bit of ambience with the darkness and uh, the headphones there. I think that probably put the uh, creep factor up there a good bit for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, yeah. I wanted to go see it when it was in the theaters here, but um, um, I thought it was only playing for like a couple nights at first. So mm-hmm. I didn't go tonight. It came out, which... Um, Looking back, like if I I should have gone the night it came out, but uh, we we're like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, it's playing like up until like Wednesday or whatever. So me and my friend were gonna go um that night, like the the Wednesday night or whatever, and it ended up like snowing like fucking like a foot of snow. <laughs> oh wow! So like now we're not, I'm not I'm not gonna drive out in this shit to like go see a movie at you know at eight o'clock at night or whatever. You know what I mean? It's everything here, so <laughs> right. I was like. uh then end up seeing it theater, so I was like, "Well, it's gonna be out in the shutter here soon, anyway." So my uh my favorite from last year was uh Barbarian, which is on HBO. Have you seen Barbarian? I have not. That's another one that I really 
wanted to go see in the theaters, but it was like one of those things where I just couldn't find the time to go, you know? Right. And I kind of kicked myself. I wish I went and saw it in the theater. I, I say this is my a quick like uh, top four right here that if you haven't seen them, you definitely need to check these ones out. And they're easy to find too. Most of these on on are on HBO uh, somewhere on a uh, Showtime. So if you got either of those, you should be good. But uh, Barbarian, X, uh, Men, and Pearl. Like uh, if you ain't seen none of those films, there, man, they're all gonna like kick your teeth in. They're so good. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, I definitely uh, need to. I need to watch X finally. Like um, everyone, everyone, I everyone I know like like raving about X and Pearl. So. Yeah, I, I love Pearl, but I think I put X a little bit above Pearl. Both are great films, but I like X because it's, it feels it's a lot more uh, has a dirty feel to it. It has more of a original Texas Chainsaw feel to it. Right. It has more of a chainsaw feel than the remake had that just came out on Netflix recently. <laughs> it feels, you know, it, only cool yeah. part about that remake was I thought Leatherface, I thought the actor did a great job portraying Leatherface, but the movie itself was not very good. Yeah, it <laughs> that that Texas Scenes on Massacre one came out and I was like, had the intention to watch it, but then my friend went, my friend watched it and he's like, I wish I hadn't wasted <laughs> the last two hours of my life watching that piece of crap. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to watch that movie. <laughs> But to me, it is not the worst Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The worst Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the new generation that came <laughs> out. Uh, I want to say that came out around like maybe 99, 2000. Could be a little bit earlier, but that's the the one it, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. I think that was uh, earlier. Yeah, Renee Zellweger, Matthew mm -hmm. McConaughey. Let me see. Uh, I think that was like 90-something. Um, uh you yeah you're right i think it was in the 90s generation. yeah let me see 95 95 wow way i was way off but yeah that's the worst texas chainsaw massacre the only part of that whole fucking movie that was worth the shit was matthew mcconaughey his character was fucking awesome he had a mechanical leg that he controlled with his remote control there you remember that <laughs> no like uh, the um so it's funny because i actually i own that movie but I never actually decided to bother to watch it because I knew it was probably shitty. But I just bought it to uh, complete my Texas Chainsaw Massacre collection. <laughs> it's definitely shitty, but it, I guess it, it's fun to go back and rewatch every now and again, like say every 10 or 15 years, because there are some things that are okay. Like Matthew McConaughey's part's great, but it, yeah, it, it's still the worst Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It, the one on Netflix is better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying a lot you know and definitely yeah. a lot gorier and stuff the one on netflix and the kills are way better like the the matthew mcconaughey one had very little gore very little kills like but it, it, the weirdness of it is what kind of attracts me to it to go back and rewatch it it has some weird shit going on and there's some like at, at the end of that movie there there's some like uh weird like uh what is it some it's like some occult shit it's uh what am i thinking here it's a one of those people who was trying to recruit you online. Oh, the Illuminati. There's some uh, Illuminati <laughs> shit, man. It just goes real fucking weird at the end. So that's like something you want to look for when you watch it. You know, something might drive you to watch it, you know. Right. But, well, I mean, even look, the, the cover on it, it's got like fucking leather face with like stockings on and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's a he, he's kind of funny. I, I, the thing that really holds that Texas Chainsaw movie back is the 
there's fucking no kills really. There's it doesn't feel like Texas Chainsaw, you know. It's right. it's, it's, it's so bizarre, man. But I, I do recommend checking it out. It yeah, is, I mean, it's bizarre as fuck. I do own it, so I need to actually watch it. You know, like I bought, I found it used, like back in the day. You know, and I just picked it up. Like I was like, oh, cool, Texas Chainsaw. I know this one's not supposed to be very good, but might as well pick it up. It's like four dollars something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, definitely give it a watch though. Yeah, that I love Texas Chainsaw too. That one is fucking so great too. Oh yeah, I love I love the second one. Actually, I love all the first three. Uh, the third one's actually really good as well. Uh, Leatherface. Yeah, that one's very underrated. Uh, I, people like hate on that one, but I'm like, oh, that one's really good. But yeah, I definitely love the second one. You know, Chop Top and everybody on that one. You know, especially Chop Top. Bill I Mosley. love their. I love their underground like lair thing, like yeah. with all the skeletons everywhere, and it just looks like a place I want to go and and visit. Like 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 it looks like a haunted house, like you know. Oh yeah, totally looks like a haunted house. One is really fucked up ones. You can almost you can smell like what it probably smells. You can like you know it feels like you know what it smells like in there, like fucking dead bodies and animals and shit. You know, yeah. this so grimy looking. But it's like artistic too, like the way that he's got like the bodies, like the things arranged and the mm-hmm. skeletons and stuff. And it just it feels like that would be like the coolest like haunted house you could go to for Halloween or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that'd be fucking badass. Wish somebody would uh create that. You know, it's been years now. I think somebody would have got up, jumped on board with that. Yeah, I mean, maybe somewhere in the, in somewhere, maybe somebody's done like a version of that. I'm sure, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, like, because I love, like, I love, like, the haunted houses during Halloween, you know, and. Uh, yeah, same here. There's, like, some really cool, there's some really cool ones out in your neck of the woods, like. like yeah. Uh, real big ones, like, out in the woods and shit, like, you know. Yeah, you got to be careful with those ones. You might not come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got some out there in the middle of nowhere man like they just kind of pop up and stuff and uh you know you're getting chased around by a real crazy redneck with a chainsaw that could have that chain still on that chainsaw some of these places yeah there's some uh rough ones out here yeah (laughs) and it will grab you yeah yeah i've seen i've seen some uh cool ones out there that are like maybe they're not going to kill you so (laughs) yeah but it's nothing's ever guaranteed up in the country part of South Carolina, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, out here, and then I've seen someone, there's one, there's some ones I've seen, like there's this channel on YouTube that does like walkthroughs of some of these haunted houses. And um, there's a couple that they walk through and like, um, just fucking huge. Like there's one in Utah, like in Salt Lake City. It's like this yeah. big old fucking old factory. And it's like all these levels and like they say, oh, it takes about an hour to walk through. I'm like, yeah, I'd pay to go through that. Like most haunted houses here suck. Like you pay like uh, so much money and it's like, you know, you in and out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I want it to be more of an experience, you know, last a little bit. Yeah. trick if you're paying money, I mean, like some like, and it used to be, you know, like what, like 10 ten dollars, fifteen dollars maybe. And now like some of these haunted houses are wanting to charge like 30 bucks. For like, you're basically paying a dollar a minute for your experience. You know what I mean? Some of these places. Yeah, that's expensive. Particularly after like you stand in line for like three hours. But 
I really like the experience of walking through haunted houses. I think I love like looking at all. For me, they don't really scare me, but it's really like walking through these environment that's like all this horror shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like to look at everything and stuff and take it all in. Yeah, I love that feeling. I love walking through in here, like looking at all the 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 decor and these environments that are all like fucking like what you're like walking through a horror movie. You know? Right. <laughs> I just think it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. I always like like Texas Chainsaw, like that one, and two, that whole thing. And I mean, it would be kind of a cool idea even for a haunted house to to kind of do like the the house from the first movie. You know, mm-hmm. you have to like walk through it. You know, no, that would be great. Uh, I've always thought that um, you know, with most haunted houses, you get a lot of people trying to scare other people you know you got like a whole group of people but i think the way to do it is to send people in like two or three at a time and have like a really well-trained guy big dude in there with a chainsaw that's you know trained in the art of horror like you, you know or trained in like how to scare people like not just some kid you hire off the street you know i think that would cause some like true terror with people terror you know and scare people and stuff instead of just having like Hiring kids to fucking scream at people in masks and stuff like that, you know? Right. Yeah. I, one, that's kind of like was one experience I had going to this haunted house that isn't it? It wasn't this place that doesn't exist anymore here called Heritage Square, which is like this. It was used to, it was like this old, like, it was supposed to be like an old, like, um, old timey town, like amusement park thing up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a certain point, it was like kind of half abandoned, like, very creep just it was a creepy place in of itself right but they had a haunted house out of it and during for many for like like 20 years or something um and um i went one time with my ex and it was like on a tuesday night like really dead like we were the only people there pretty much and and that was that's the cool time to go because that's when they're going to spend you know more time trying to creep you out or whatever right and this guy did the best fucking michael myers i've ever seen in a haunted house like and in a way too that like for example uh it was like it was kind of like this kind of like um design like you know like you're going down and then it's like a real sharp turn you know like where you can't see the the other side or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're going through this little section like that and um i hear like like he's like like um I look back and he's just like following us, <laughs> like completely wow. silent. And then, right. and then I look forward. And I look back and he's like gone. And then all of a sudden, like we're going through, and all of a sudden he steps out. And he's like right in front of us, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then he disappears, and you have to like go forward, and he's not there. You know, like he was like kind of doing that stuff with us throughout this whole part. Was yeah, great. like shit like that. That's that's cool. Yeah. It like really like captured that vibe of like how like Michael Myers is like like a fucking ghost, you know, he's just like now he's there, now he's not, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boogeyman. Yeah. Or the shape, as he's yeah. called in the Oh yeah, the, the shape, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like that. Yeah, same here. I I like the mystique behind Michael Myers. Nobody really knows what he is. Yeah. One thing that I'm not looking forward to this year is this bullshit Exorcist movies that they're making. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. No, fuck that. I'm not. Nope. You I'm can't. Not that. Some things should not be remade. Exorcist is one of them. Sorry, you're not gonna 
capture the evil that the exorcist the original exorcist did you're not there's no way you're gonna fucking no i don't know why they're even fucking with that yeah and it's kind of like another one of those bullshit things where it's like a new sequel to the first movie right you know yeah yeah some kind of shit they're trying to pull on i do do not back that (laughs) i don't back it either because we already got the perfect sequel to the exorcist which was uh exorcist 3 you know that was exactly yeah yep yep we'll forget heretic there yeah. <laughs> Exorcist <laughs> 2. Uh, Heretic yeah, doesn't count. That <laughs> uh, was a rough one. And it's like, uh, it's like, we don't need, I don't need a new fucking trilogy, like, to piss all over William Friedkin and, uh, and, uh, William Blady. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, yeah. I don't look forward to that. Not uh, saying I won't watch it, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be tempted to watch it. It's, I'm going to have to be bored as fuck even look at that. That's like trying to watch the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I never watched that, and I won't. I still won't watch that garbage. I mean, and this is it's crap. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street remake is one of the ones that I refuse to watch. Yeah, I just can't. Robert England's Freddy to me. Yeah, Only I mean, one I could take over the reins, Kevin Bacon. I think he would make a great Freddy. But, yeah. yeah, I think he could do. I mean, that's what Robert England would has talked about uh, who he'd want, you know. Yeah, I think he could pull it off. But besides that, I'm not interested. Yeah, no, no, me neither. And I, and it's like that with Exorcist. Exorcist one is like one of the most perfect movies in my opinion. And yeah, like, and I, my, I just don't. I think it too, like, with the exception of Exorcist three, I mean, it's like they've always had a hard time, like picking that up again you know and um i mean exorcist the beginning was like kind of goofy but it was kind of it was okay you know i didn't yeah, know wasn't one. yeah in dominion i thought it was okay yeah and dominion yeah because there, there's dominion and then there was the beginning yeah i think there's two, two of the newer movie. ones yeah, yeah i thought they were both decent yeah you know they're not bad i i, I liked um the beginning like except Except for the ending, the ending like kind of exorcism part was kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, those ones weren't bad, and uh, I never watched that TV show. I've heard the show was good though. Oh, dude, yeah, the TV show Exorcist was fucking great. I think they did uh maybe two or three seasons, and it got canceled or or just ended. I can't remember, but yeah, I know the first season was fucking like ten out of ten good. Yeah, it is. Um... I did, I think my my thing with this new movie is that uh, I I just don't really trust David Gordon Green to be making making something like this, you know. Yeah, I, I don't have much faith in, in this one. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, surprise me, but I, right now I'm going in with no faith at all. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like it's like you're like it's like that thing like um. Uh, I don't know, I, and I think that I don't really know if that's what people want, anyways. Because I mean, the movies that are making money right now for horror are a lot of, it's like Terrifier two and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is great. I like seeing like some good old school horror, like getting up there and making some money and doing its thing. Yeah, like uh, that's I think that was like the promising thing about last year, is that you're seeing like, uh, you know. All these like, and even with like fucking Skinnamarink coming up for like a weekend of making a million dollars, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I think that's cool, man. I, I like <laughs> seeing like you know the smaller movies and all 
you know, make decent money, you know, and that gives more of the, the smaller studios and stuff like, you know, they get a better chance of getting their stuff out there. Yeah. And, and I think that it's proving that there's like a hunger for horror right now, you know? Oh, oh yeah. hundred percent. We got so many real horrors in the world. Now we need an escape. And I think horror is the best way to escape from all the real shit that's going on. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that it's like that, how it is like all the time. Like, I think that's part of why the eighties was like a real good part time for horror is because I mean, a lot of people forget that, uh, you know, the 80s weren't uh, 100% like a great time uh, for people. You know what I mean? Like there was like a lot of homelessness. There was like a lot of problems, you know? Yeah, I know, totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, and the same thing with the 70s. You know, 70s, 80s are pretty grim in a lot of ways, you know? And, uh, and I think that that's why it was so, horror was such a big thing. Or like around like uh, 9-11, you know, after 9-11, horror like came back. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I think we're seeing that now again. I mean, I, I don't think horror ever has ever gone away since since the kind of revival in the two thousands. But um, but you know, like I think that there was a period where you weren't really seeing. I mean, there's been a long period now where there's almost been almost no horror movies hitting the theaters. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really great to see, like, how strong last year was for horror, and. If something's making money, the studios are going to make more. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And They're on it. So, and particularly when you compare the fact that all these big, huge budget, like bullshit Hollywood movies are all failing and people are like flooding to go see horror movies, you know, I think the, I think the next few years we might see a real boom in horror, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure of that. That's for sure. So, that's good. I think it's yeah. a good thing. Like uh looking forward to seeing what, what, what hit what comes out, you know? Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, it was a good good uh um yeah, I definitely need to get caught up with more movies from last year. Yeah, I, I send you that list over, but it's pretty easy to remember if you wanna if you need them I can send them over, but the ones I mentioned off to you are pretty easy to remember. Yeah, and and I and I feel like I feel like this, I feel like a lot of people like I mean had a lot of similar movies and that are up in their list, you know. Yeah. The um yeah that's what uh, you get caught up. I'm trying to be better this year. I'm like trying to really like be like I want to make sure I watch all the new stuff as it comes out this year, so I'm like a bit better, you know, informed on what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, like already this year, I'm like already like setting my, um, uh, have a playlist for all the albums that come out this year. I like, you know, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good to do. Smart. Yeah. That's what I did last year. I, I, I just put all the albums, um, as I was listening to them that I liked and from the year and then, then later on, I was able to kind of construct like a, a pared down list of some of the better ones and then figure out my top from there, you know? Right. And uh, um, a band I told you about before, Funerals. Yeah, yeah, they got a new album out now, correct? Yep, the album yep. is sick. Definitely. I haven't listened to it all the way through yet. I've listened to like the first song, and but I plan on checking that out. Yeah, did you check out check them out before? Um, when when you recommended them, I did. Yeah. Oh cool, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think they're a great band. They're like Chelsea Wolf and Nort combined together. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, thanks for coming on. 
How are you, man? It's always fun talking with you, man. We can go on forever, so that's always cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, just keep keep on going, like talking about horror and everything. It's great. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again. I'll probably have you on my podcast next or I do yours again. It don't matter. Either way, it's always fun. So Yeah, dude, if you're if you want me to come on at some point, just let me know. And uh we can uh talk about whatever and you know, do another whatever episode or figure out a, a subject, you know, see what, yeah. figure, figure it out going forward. Totally, man. That'd be fucking cool. Definitely. Yeah. It was great talking to you, bro. Awesome. Always t- uh, good talking with you as well. I'm getting a little tongue tied there, but I think I'm getting <laughs> sleepy, but I'm getting old, but <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, how I mean, are you doing? I know you like, you're like, you wake up early every day. So I'm sure like, and it's kind of late there for you. <laughs> yeah. Four 30 every day. <sighs> Yeah, I have to get up. Uh, I get up like seven every day. So oh, that's not too bad. I like seven. <laughs> yeah, seven's not that bad. Four thirty is a little too early for me. Yeah, it sucks. I used to off early though. I guess. Yeah, three thirty. I'm out of there. So. Yeah, that's nice to have your day. I, I, I work like kind of long, but. You know, I work like ten hour days. So. Hey, yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll we'll talk more soon. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Talk to you later. Later. Bye.